This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. Is the packet 8.net toll-free line for you, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features totally free. So, once again, that's freetalklive.com. On Saturday night, I sold a story. We did not get to it, so I will start the show uh, with that story tonight. Of course, we'll uh, take your calls about anything, 800-259-9231. But to start things out, the Scarlet Letter is alive and well here in America. You would have thunk that uh, the Scarlet Letter would have disappeared oh, several decades ago, maybe a 100 or so years ago. But no, it's it's still out there. In case you don't know what the Scarlet Letter is, Mark, do you... Uh, you know what that is? Well, it's um, some gal was branded a. I, I, I haven't read the story, but some gal was branded with an A for adulteress, and um, she had to wear it on all, all her clothes. Yeah, I don't remember what her name was, but Demi Moore was in the movie. Yeah, whatever it was, uh, and essentially just outing people for being what was perceived at the time as a sexual deviant, someone who was doing something sexually they weren't supposed to. Well, in Columbus, Ohio, if pending legislation becomes law, according to the Middletown Journal, Ohio's most violent sex offenders would be branded with a modern-day scarlet letter. Fluorescent green license plates on their cars or trucks. State Representative Michael DeBose and another state senator introduced bills that would require green plates for habitual and child-oriented sex offenders. Now, okay, so it's not going to affect all sex offenders right off the bat? But it is going to affect the so-called worst of the worst. Hmm. One of them said a distinctive license plate would warn parents and children of the potential threat posed by sexual offenders. The governor said, uh, a governor's office said he would sign the bill. The ACLU of Ohio, however, said it was political grandstanding and that kids might be left with the dangerous impression that anyone without a green, uh, green plate is a nice guy. Child molesters are more likely to be neighbors or relatives rather than strangers, said the ACLU. Ohio currently has 15,000, over 15,000 registered sex offenders. The green plates would be required for people who commit certain sex crimes after the law passes. It will not be retroactive for all sex offenders. So that's kind of good, because a lot of uh, the restrictions and regulations, they just continue to pile on these poor guys. Um, and so it's good that they're not going to make this retroactive. Two years ago, the uh, senators pitched the idea of pink plates for sex offenders. While it made headlines, the legislation died. One of them said he's hopeful it'll pass this time, in part because these bills are focused on the most violent of offenders. Ohio already mandates yellow plates for almost 5,000 motorists convicted of drunken driving, according to the Bureau of Motor Vehicles. No other state has special plates for sex offenders, and some states do require their status noted on driver's licenses. Hmm. So, literally, they would be tagging... Uh, certain people uh, who have committed certain offenses, and apparently they've already done so with drunk drivers. So party it's, plates. It's certainly possible. No, what do you mean by that? That's what they call them in Ohio. Party really? Pl- party plates. Yeah. How do you know that? Um, I have a friend in Ohio. You, why do they call them that? Because you know that person's going to party with you if you they're, ask them to. They're drunk what? drunk drivers. I see. Drunk drivers be partiers. I don't know. I guess. It's, I don't know. Drunk drivers. I don't know are necessarily are partiers. Many times they're just. Single, lonely people that drink a lot. It's, it's, uh, well, it, I don't think that, that, um, they, they're ne- necessarily single or lonely or any of those things. Um, it's just somebody who was caught drunk driving one time. But, um, I, I think that, uh, you know, it, it, it's just the two P's go together. The two P's? Yeah. What do you mean? Partiers Party and plates. Party plate. I see. Yeah. An alliteration, if yeah, you will. It is. 800-259-9231. Do you think that... You could have party plates on your purple pl- purple um, Plymouth Prowler if you oh wanted to. Oh, my goodness. Uh, do you think that this is appropriate? Do you think that we should be labeling 
people as sex offenders for all to see. Do you think this is a good idea? 800-259-9231. Now, it's only going to be for the the so-called worst of the worst, the repeat offenders, habitual, and child-oriented sex offenders. And I know emotionally, a lot of people are probably thinking, yeah, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Those guys are scumbags. They should be labeled. They should be outed. So why not? Well, I just feel like it could cause problems. Like what kind of problems? Well, I know you don't like the government in general, yeah, I but don't. I'm wondering if you uh, specifically have any thoughts as to, uh, you know, besides somebody being innocent who was convicted of these this crime. That's certainly a possibility. I mean, my thought se- was it seems to me that if you're innocent and you're convicted of the um, you're convicted of the crime or you plead out to the crime and you know what the punishments are at the time, you really can't complain too much. I see where you're coming from on that, but let's go back in time a little bit. I think it was probably two years ago in Maine. There was a story about uh, someone who was essentially going around just taking out sex offenders. I don't think he got to too many of them. I don't know if they ever caught the guy, but he took out, whoever was the killer, took out two sex offenders. Just killed them. Yeah. Uh, targeted them and killed them. And so I understand that, you know, they're bad guys, they did a bad thing, but there's the possibility that they could turn their lives around. Um, we've certainly heard stories of people who have been convicted of sex offenses in the past, and they've had families and turned their lives around. I mean, I, it's possible. I, I know one, and um, I actually I know two. And so I'm, con- I'm concerned that they're going to be uh, forced to drive around with an identity tag on the back of their car, so every nut job uh, who might have a vendetta or a, a perceived vendetta against everyone who's a sex offender could easily target them and uh, possibly shoot them while they're in their car or uh, hurt them in some way, and it just seems to be in some ways, like inviting trouble. In some ways, this is punishment for a crime committed, but in other ways, this is punishment for a crime not committed. What do you mean? Um, for instance, you're you're punished as a sex offender, as a convicted sex offender, you're um, who has to have one of these plates. You're punished for the crime that you might convi- um, commit in the future. The idea of the plate is a warning to parents and kids. That's what they said. That's what they say, but I don't necessarily think that's well, the that, case. That's what, that's what they're saying, and a warning to parents and kids um, is basically punishing you for a crime you have not yet committed. Yes, and. That's a problem, and it, it seems to me that... Um, it's a presumption of guilt, uh, almost. Something I like about America is that you can uh, you can turn your life around and... Well, it's getting you know, more difficult it's, every day. More and more, it's, it's more and more difficult. And, and this is another thing that's going to go towards making it more difficult for these guys to turn their lives around. They're going to be forever branded as a sex offender. I mean, as though it weren't bad enough that, that conviction's going to be on their record and haunt them for the rest of their life. We had to make... I mean, the government makes it worse... By tossing in all these extras. Now everybody who's driving around you knows who you are. Now everybody who's uh, in the Walmart parking lot knows who you are. Anybody who sees you getting out of your car uh, presumes. And heaven forbid you loan your car to somebody who doesn't know about the plate situation. Well, then, I, they get, uh, then they could get attacked. I don't think a lot of people will be borrowing their cars. but It could happen. And, and all this is is a punishment um, for... for it's, it really, it's just a punishment. Mm-hmm. It, has, it, it doesn't... It doesn't uh, prevent sex offenders from snatching up kids or anything like that because if I may, right. if I have one of these plates and I decide, hmm, today's the day that I'm going to the park and pretending like I have a puppy so I can lure in some cute little eight-year-old and mm. take them with me, I'll rent a van from Enterprise and then it yeah. won't have the plates. Or go steal a van. 
I mean, you know, it doesn't it doesn't stop any. Well, why would right. you steal the van? Well, when just swap you, when out you could, a plate. When you can rent a van for twenty bucks, why would you steal okay. a van? I see where you're. Um, you from. just you know, d- you know, rent the van. And now, <sighs> do criminal records, uh, sex offenses, prevent people from renting cars? I wouldn't think so. I wouldn't think so. No, yeah. I mean, the, if you're twenty five, you can get a car. Right. So if you need to conceal your identity for whatever uh, criminal purposes, you'll be able to do that. All this is going to do is uh, is keep the sex offense that these guys, uh, these people have in their past. I'm sure there's some female sex offenders as well. It's going to keep them. Uh, it's going to haunt them, and it's going to allow people to continually harass them when they might be genuinely trying to turn their lives back around. They'll never get over it until they leave Ohio, and in which case, that's probably what they'll do. Just leave. Well, I don't think that's Ohio do. is going to feel real bad about that. I understand that, but it's it's sad that that's the way it, it's going to have mm-hmm. to to happen. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. The packet eight dot net toll free line. You bring up anything? Let's go to John in New York. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, John. Hi. Um, I actually wanted to talk to you about the deficit, but since you're talking about um uh, about this thing with the sex offender and labeling them, I just uh, recently ran into a story in Europe where they actually fingerprint you. Uh, if a, if a police officer pulls you over, they're allowed to fingerprint you right there. So you actually don't need a driver's license. I mean, to to, to for anything over there. As soon as you get pulled over and they suspect you or something, then then they'll just fingerprint you and get all that information from you. That's certainly uh, certainly scary. I know they've been. I think there have been some districts here in uh, in America that have done that. I think Joe Arpaio in Maricopa County down in Arizona fingerprints on traffic stops. I think. Not sure on that. I'm pretty sure I've read stories about a few uh, few counties doing that sort of thing. I'm sure the deficit's going to be an exciting topic. Hang on, John. We'll bring it back. 800-259-9231. Maybe he can make it exciting. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231, the packet, 8.net, toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com is the place to go. All of the features on the site are totally free, and that does include the archives. An entire year's worth of the show right there on the front page of the website for your downloading convenience. Go get them for free. They're on us. That is freetalklive.com. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project, your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the Second American Revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. As we return to the phones to John in New York. Uh, John, you said you were calling about the deficit. What about it? Well, um, how about I start by asking you this. Is the media on TV, do they report news accurately? Well, I don't think so. You don't think so? Yeah, it depends. I don't so. It depends on the story. I mean, in some cases, the media will just report what the government tells them to. In some cases, they'll really do some digging and do a really good job of, uh, of journalism. It depends. Okay, perfect. Perfect that you said you brought up digging. Well, everywhere and everybody that I've talked to said that the deficit is getting larger, that the United States barely even pays it every year. Now, wait a minute. Let's define terms. I want to make sure I know because I'm not a monetary genius. Um, Deficit is the government has a budget that they have every year, and then if they spend over the budget, that's the deficit. Is that correct? Um, uh, Well... No, yeah, kind of. The deficit is more like uh, a credit. You know, uh, the United States buys everything on credit if they, do, if they don't have enough money. And basically right now the United States really is on credit for almost everything. Um, it'll borrow money from different countries. 
uh, like, uh, what is it called, natural resources from different countries? Well, okay, the, but the, it's still my definition is correct in that if they spend over the budget, that is what they take in in taxes, the rest is a deficit and they have to get that money from somewhere, which they get on credit, as you're explaining. Yep, that's right. Okay. That's basically right. Now, everyone that I've talked to said that, you know, the United States is basically not even paying, uh, not even barely scratching the, the surface of it. Like every year, the United States probably pays under 1% or something. to. Well, now, don't confuse get... the deficit with the national debt. Now, that's what they're trying to uh, to pay interest payments on, is the entirety of the debt. Now, I believe the deficit goes into the debt, in that if it isn't sure. paid off, it goes into the debt. But the debt is the total The deficit can signed. cost the debt to get larger, but if you have a surplus in the national budget, then the, um, the, the national debt gets smaller. Not that to say that uh, it's putting much of a dent in it. No, it doesn't happen. Right they, now, they can barely pay the interest payments, as, as, uh, as John's pointing right out. Right now, we're deficit spending. Correct. Yeah. Well, uh, recently I ran across this clip from uh, Glenn Beck, and he's saying that, you know, that uh, the United States is doing really fine. <laughs> that they're actually just paid off 24% of the deficit. And I'm like, what? Well, so, so the, and he's saying that the economy do, is doing really good right now. Well, and basically that's crap. Saying that the, yeah, that's what I think, too. Even I, I if think, it's true, even if it's true that they've paid off 24% of the deficit, that doesn't mean anything. I mean, that's well, just a drop really, in the bucket. You can't really uh, um, pay off the deficit. What you can do is cut the deficit. I see. Um, because you know you're, you just don't spend that much, right? You just don't spend that amount of money, right? Yeah, I would be careful. I mean, Glenn Beck, uh, you know, he's it's got an he's got an entertaining show. All credit to him for that. Uh, but no, as far doesn't. as what's that? He doesn't have an entertaining show. He actually is a, a total jerk. Yeah, well, he is a jerk, it's but it's it's possible to be a jerk and be entertaining at the same time. So I'll disagree with you on that. But nonetheless, um, you you got to take these guys with a grain of salt. I mean, they're they're essentially reading what they're fed uh, by their talking points masters in the Republican Party. And I know he'll claim up and down that he's he's not a partisan politics guy. He's an independent. Blah blah blah. But we all know what the truth is. All Thanks right. for the call. So, we appreciate hearing from you, John. 800-259-9231. I, I, I used to listen to Glenn Beck's show when uh, he was a local guy down in Tampa, and it was very entertaining. Yeah, it's a well-produced show. I particularly like the uh, more on trivia that he does. Are they still doing that? Um, yes, they do it for major games, uh, playoff games and uh, That's where Super they Bowl, call the uh, the 7-Elevens, and they talk to people they, they that talk can to barely the clerks speak English. And, right. <laughs> clerks at the 7-Eleven ask them really easy uh, questions, and, and, and it's funny. Yeah, it's it's entertaining. It's It's rude. But you know it's radio, right? right? So that's what you do, and you just don't you just, you just take it take it for its entertainment value, and don't take it as gospel. You know what these guys claim? They can claim anything. Anybody can crack crack open a mic and mic and crap on a mic as well. But they can crack open a mic and say whatever they darn well choose. And if someone calls them on it, there's only certain ways that you can do that. I mean, you can call them. You can call, but that doesn't right. mean you're going to get through. Right. If, if they call, they don't have to let them through. Now, if we're wrong, we try to retract when we can. If it's a small thing, we generally just leave it. But um, right. if it's a large thing, we try to retract or um, get things clear, that kind of well, thing. Well, and, of course, you know if you call Free Talk Live, if you wait, you're going to get on the air. I mean, At some you're point, going you, to get you on the show. You certainly are. Um, you can get screened out on these other um, you know, talk shows, or you can and send an email. And you can guarantee that you're going to get screened out if what your call, the purpose of your call is to call in and make the talk show host look like he doesn't know what he's talking about, which is how they'll perceive it. Oh, you want to correct our talk show host? I'll see you later. Like, that just doesn't happen. I mean, it's one of the unspoken rules in talk radio that the hosts are never wrong. And we don't follow the rules here on Free Talk Live, but most shows do. 
And so if you're calling in with a correction, it's very unlikely uh, that you're going to get on the air. And then if you email, it's just a delete key. So really, take it with a grain of salt. They're just people. And people are capable of making big mistakes, like believing what Republicans and Democrats tell them. 1-800-259-9231. They may very well be spending, I, I don't know how they're doing it precisely, but they may very well be spending 24% um, less over the budget that they did last year. But I don't know that I consider that a huge uh, benefit. I mean, that still means we're deficit spending. Still yeah. spending, the government is still spending more money than it's taking in. That's just the, you know, it's, it reminds me of that. I think it was Trent Lott, one of those political guys. He made the comment, the, one of the Republicans in the House Big wigs or whatever. He made the comment that they've done as they've cut as far as they can cut. They've right. slashed and burned. The is government's on fire. I don't know. Delay Davidson. I don't even know what their names are. The, the government is on fire. We've cut it down so far. I mean, that's kind of the uh, the the rhetoric and the mantra that this reminds me of. This concept that well, these guys are so small government. They've cut the deficit by twenty four percent. Well, so effing what? You haven't cut back any programs. You haven't reduced the size of government at all. You've done nothing except make it bigger and bigger year after year. And it doesn't matter if you're Republicans or Democrats. I just saw somebody emailed me an article today, and it was just you know too political. I didn't want to read it on the air. But the essence of it was that the, you know, the Democrats are still approving all the spending bills for the, the military. I mean, for all their tough talk about pulling out and stopping the war, they're still spending right along. You know, I mean, the military-industrial complex has them in their pocket too. Well, they wouldn't. They wouldn't pull the funding because it would look like they weren't supporting the troops. Yep. Surprise, surprise. Let's go to Dave in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, David. Hey guys. Hey, what's on your mind? I have an announcement to make. Okay. Uh, milestone. Uh, NHFree.com has just reached 1,000 members on its web forum. That's fantastic. Uh, as you may know, that's basically the the web forum where all the free staters operate who are inside New Hampshire. It's getting so busy there. Um, it's it's getting to be like the Free Talk Live bulletin board system. I mean, we've got so many posts, and, and NHFree.com has so many posts. It's to the point where I have to set a date uh, because I'm busy and the forum's so busy that I just have to set a date to review the forum and look for new posts. But it's to the point where I have to sort of scroll through pages and pages and just sort of eyeball the titles of the posts. And if a title catches my eye, I'll look at it. The rest of the time, I just don't have time for it all. It's crazy. I guess that's a good problem to have, right, Dave? Yeah, I have a, another thing or two to mention if you can hold me over. I can. Hold on. 800-259-9231, just because you're such a nice guy. And he's asked quite a, so nicely. Quite a teaser, though. 1-800-259-9231. If you know Dave, he's worth holding over. Yeah. This is your show. You take control of the airwaves. It is Free Talk Live. Bring up whatever you want. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. The packet 8.net toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. And all the features there, you will enjoy them on us because they're free. Those other radio talk show hosts, they just want to charge you for access to their website and our stuff is free. So check it out. Wiki.freetalklive.com is one example. Uh, there are over a thousand pages there created by listeners like you. That's wiki.freetalklive.com. Do you have a child in your life? Be they son, daughter, or sibling, give them financial literacy. A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich by Joel Thornton teaches a child the basics of finance, money management, and real estate investment. School doesn't teach kids about money. Only their loved ones can do that. 
Give your special child a kid's journey to getting rich. Order it at akidsjourney.com. That's akidsjourney.com. Or call 1-800-657-5066. That's 800-657-5066. As we return to Dave in New Hampshire. Dave, you're back on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, guys. Well, uh, the second thing I wanted to mention uh, is a sort of a request, sort of an indirectly uh, indirect request from Ed Brown for something that he's asking people to do. Hmm. If you want to support him, it does, you know, there's a, looking for a way you can do that without being in New Hampshire. Um, this doesn't just come from Ed, but also from his supporters. But uh, I don't know if you guys knew it or not, but uh, America Freedom to Fascism, the, the DVD, mm-hmm. is now being sold for like 44 cents. The, the producers what? have given permission for anyone who wants to they can copy. You can copy it. You can distribute it. Basically, Aaron Russo and the producers of America, Freedom to Fascism, want that film to be viral and to replicate itself. Okay. Well, that's good. I mean, I'd known that uh, Aaron Russo had put the the movie up on Google Video and he'd put it on his website. So it was definitely uh, in, he was definitely intending for people to uh, distribute widely. But I would presume I, I can't imagine they're still selling the DVD for forty four cents. There's no way they can even profit from that. They're not trying to make a profit. They're trying to save the country. Um, the the um, the way to find it, the site. I mean, the last site where I saw it up at that price was uh, well, it's it's a long URL. But the way to find it is just to go to Yahoo or Google and type the keywords AFTF cents. Cents? Yeah, cents is in forty four cents. I see. But America, freedom to fascism. Sense. Is that going to get you like a bootleg copy or something? Because I mean, you're going to lose money if you're selling those. Uh, you know, if you're selling a actual produced DVD, uh, I, I kind of get the feeling that that's just somebody who's selling DVDs. Or I, don't, uh, I doubt it's the official I'm site. Looking at the blog, it looks like an, an AFTF blog. I'm not. Hmm. I'm not positive. It's very similar to Fred Smart's blog, and I wouldn't be surprised if he. Yeah, it says it looks like it's Fred Smart's blog. But no, this is. I mean, the AFTF people were asking, were telling me to get the word out. Forty-four cents per copy. Um, you know, buy them if you can, or just, or you know, make your own copies if you want. That's great. I know and a lot of people. Cents, if forty-four cents, it's probably easier to buy them. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's an entertaining film. Um, you know, and a lot of people uh, really enjoyed it. I know that your wife actually saw it, Mark, for the first time a week and a half ago. Yeah, at, at the, the New uh, Hampshire Liberty Forum, right. and she's, uh, your wife is somebody who is not necessarily of a pro-freedom mindset. Somewhat on skeptical of this whole uh, freedom, uh, free market thing. How did she come out of uh, America Freedom to Fascism? How she loved she it. She thought it was uh, well-produced. She liked it as much as she liked uh, Fahrenheit 9/11. So that might be something that could be used. Uh, possibly to lend to friends and family members uh, as far as maybe helping them realize what some of the things that are going on mm-hmm. here in America, like the Federal Reserve. I know they touch on uh, the fe- – they don't, don't just touch on it. The, that's one of the main issues. Uh, freedom to Fascism addresses the Federal Reserve as well as the income tax and the so-called legality of, uh, of both of them. And uh, I thought it was a I thought it was a good film. So I mean, for forty four cents, who could pass that one up? Dave, what else did you have? Yeah, I uh, just wanted to reiterate. Yeah, if, if folks want to to buy this in quantity. Uh, or, it, or low quantities or high quantities. Again, the way to find the, the blog where you can buy it is uh, keyword search the word AFTF sense. There you go. And, and it, it, at least it displays, in, displays information about it. I don't know if you can directly buy it there, but I'll get, I think that'll get you started on getting it. What you might want to do is uh, put that uh, put a link to it if you find it or when you find it. Put a link to it up at nhfree.com since anybody can edit that site. I'm sure Russell and Cat wouldn't mind. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I should probably put it up on your forum, too. There you go, Dave. Thanks for the call, as always. All right, thanks, Appreciate guys. hearing from you, sir. 800-259-9231. Dave is a tireless activist for liberty here in New Hampshire, and it's really just great to ha- to have him here. 
just a fantastic guy. One of the, I would say, probably one of the top activists in the state. Well, um, the amazing thing is, is there's 200 people that have moved uh, for the Free State Project at this mm-hmm. point. We're going to have so many Daves. Yeah. At some point, we won't know what to do. <laughs> That's going to be an interesting problem to have. Yeah. No doubt about it. Uh, 1-800-259-9231 is the toll-free number. I know our, uh, I know Toby, who came on the show last week, he's going to be coming back tomorrow night. Um, I guess he's out at some local meeting in regards to this jail that they're building here, or they want to build. The government here in Keene wants to spend something like $40 million to build a, another jail because why? Well, they're running out of space. So why why would they possibly be running out of space? Well, I can give them the answer for not for having to save on um, you know building jail cells. Stop arresting people for possession of marijuana. There you go. How about we just stop arresting people for so-called consensual crimes? That would really cut back. That would really be great. But I'm I'm the just, be a nice I'm just trying to sol- solve a problem here yeah. for you. You you got too many you got too many convicts. Tell you what, um, make possession of marijuana the lowest priority that a police officer can deal with. 1-800-259-9231. ABC News reporting that it seemed like a good idea at the time. In 2005, as the price of gasoline spiked, Congress quietly passed a measure to begin daylight savings time three weeks early this year. If the sun stays up later, went the logic, U.S. energy consumption would go down. The problem is that while they told us all of the switch, they didn't tell our computers or our cell phones or any of the zillion other digital clock-driven devices that have come into our lives since Congress last messed with the calendar in 1986. I really don't see any point in this whole daylight savings time thing. You know, if the boss wants you to get there early during the summer, we'll get, you know, he can change the hours. I agree. Um, It it just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Time zones are bad enough, but uh, daylight savings time... You know, they're, they're turning the clock forward and backward. Congress controls time. Yeah. No, they don't. No, they just act like they can. You know, can't schools set up, um, you know, different hours? Is, is it really that complicated? I don't understand. I, mean, they, I think they, that they the really... biggest concern is kids waiting at bus stops in the dark in the morning. Really? That's that's what my understanding of it is. I thought the original reason was well, some harvest. sort of energy claims. And it's I think I think those claims about energy savings have actually been debunked. I don't have the debunking in front of me right now, but I think it's been totally debunked. Uh, anyway, even little stones that are thrown into a pond have a lot of unintended ripples, and this is certainly one of them, said Jeffrey Hammond, an, anal- an analysis, uh, analyst rather, at Forrester Research in Cambridge, Massachusetts, who's kept tabs on all of the updates and software packages or patches that companies are now making. He said planes won't fall from the sky, but there are going to be a lot of little minor annoyances that make people's days a little more hectic and a little more painful. Daylight savings time would ordinarily have begun on the first Sunday in April. Instead, it'll begin this weekend. If you're like most of us, you'll get up Sunday morning, reset the clock in the kitchen and the one on the microwave, the old clock in the living room, and so forth. But what about your computer or the clock on your cell phone? Let's say there's a stock you're hoping to buy online just before the market closes Monday. Here are some things which computer specialists say you ought to be mindful. And then they go into you know some of the possible uh, patches that are going to be coming out for Windows XP and Apple OS X and I'm pretty sure your cell phone will be okay because, as I understand it, cell phone clocks tend to be set based on your uh, connection to the cell phone company. So if your cell phone is not connected to the network, it doesn't know what time it is. But if it's connected to the network, then it does. Well, make no mistake about it. There's going to be some problems. Yeah, there are. As a result. Yeah. And like you said, they're, they're not going to be earth-shattering problems, but they're going to be annoyances. And for some people, there's go- they're going to be you know, a, a pretty good-sized annoyance. A, a money, uh, it's going to cost you money. 
And that's not a good thing. Yeah, depending. It's certainly no Y2K. Um, you know, the world's not going to grind to a halt. Uh, but it just shows the hubris of these people. Yes. Once again, you people can't even figure out your days. You can't figure out your hours and your schedules without Congress telling you how you should live. That's what Congress is saying to the little people is what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. Ridiculous. It's absurd. It really is. 1-800-259-9231. We are in control here. We are in control of your televisions. We're in control of your radios, your pocketbook, your job, and now time itself. That's, that's their idea. Mm-hmm. God's among men. 800-259-9231. Well, they're not. They're just men. And that's one of the things I aim to do with this show is to prove it again and again that the people in government are just people using force on others. 800-259-9231. And that's despicable. Well, speaking of ignorant Americans, because they probably won't realize the government's done this, we'll talk about their uh, thoughts on health care coming up. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231. The packet 8.net toll-free line for you. That's 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are totally free, and that includes the updates. That includes all of the features there that you'll find. And though we do ask that you voluntarily support the show by voting for us, head over to vote. .freetalklive.com. We're currently ranked as the number one podcast in the world, according to podcastalley.com. But that doesn't stay that way for the whole month unless we can continue to drive votes uh, to that website. So the way you do it is you go to vote.freetalklive.com. If you've yet to vote in the month of March, then you should do that now. Vote.freetalklive.com. Why are you shaking your head? Are we right, no longer it, number one? We are number one, but it's a very, you know, it's a, it's a minor lead. 40, what, 10 40, votes? 41 votes. Yeah, but that won't take long for them to catch up. No, I mean, our competition, uh, they're tough, and they, they beat us every month. So at the, right, we at can the very normally end, hold number one for a while. Which is and great, and that's what and, we really want. Right. What we want the most is to be able to hold the number one position most of the month. Even if, even if they beat us out in the last couple of days of the month, we would like to end up number for, um, number one, but it's still better to be number one, um, you know, the, the the most days of the month. Exactly. So head over to vote.freetalklive.com, and if you've already done it, send out a few instant messages or emails to friends and family members, and ask them to vote for Free Talk Live as well. It makes a big difference. The more people that see us being number one means more people will listen and more people will discover, perhaps for the first time ever, the message of freedom and liberty. And that's important, isn't it? Vote.freetalklive.com. CBS News reporting. That uh, Americans don't really understand this whole freedom and liberty thing, especially when it comes to health care. According to Americans, the U.S. health care system is in need of major repairs. Now, they're right about that much. Yes. I mean, the health care system is bad broke, but it's not for the reasons that most people think. Nine out of ten Americans say the system needs at least fundamental changes, including 36% who favor a complete overhaul. Although most Americans say they're generally satisfied with the quality of their own health care, including 41%, who say they're very satisfied, it's a different story when it comes to the cost of care. You know, these I find these polls very difficult to answer because my, um, you know, uh, the question is, are you satisfied with health care in America? Um, you know, very satisfied, somewhat satisfied, um, you know, don't care, um, somewhat dissatisfied, very dissatisfied. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm very dissatisfied but I, I I hesitate to answer those questions because usually what comes next, and to my mind, is somebody's government solution. Yeah. So if I when it's um, the government, that's the problem. If I pile on and say, um, you know, I'm with 50 percent of Americans that say I'm very dissatisfied with 
uh, mm-hmm. healthcare in America, then what somebody is going to decide what is that means we need fundamental change in the uh, healthcare industry, and the government should do this, 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 and this, and it's not going to be what I want at all. So I don't want to get on board with those people that say that they're dissatisfied. Yeah, I, I agree with that entirely, and that's what the, that's the way the politicians are going to take the news. They're going to say, "Look, Americans are dissatisfied. It's all because of the privateers in this healthcare system. They're just trying to make a profit. We need to take all the profits out of healthcare. Blah 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 blah. Nationalize, universal, blah." And unfortunately, that's not the solution. Though unfortunately, also many Americans think it is. Let's continue with some statistics. Just one in five are very satisfied with what they pay for health care, while a majority, 52%, are dissatisfied, including a third who are very dissatisfied. 8% say they, uh, the U.S. health care system needs ma- uh, minor changes. 54% say fundamental changes, and 36% complete rebuild. Americans are even more critical of health care costs in the nation as a whole. 59% are very dissatisfied with the overall cost of health care, and another 22% are somewhat dissatisfied. Most Americans believe government can play a role in fixing the health care system. Two-thirds, two-thirds of Americans. See, my answer to that is still I believe the government can play a, play a role in fixing the system. By, By getting, getting out? the hell out. I see what you're, I so, see what you're saying. So, you know, these things are just so, they're so not aimed at liberty-minded individuals. Well, yeah, that, you're right about that. But then again, this particular answer, I don't think you'd jump on board with. Two-thirds say the federal government should guarantee that all Americans have health insurance. Mm. 66% of Americans think the government should be guaranteeing health insurance for everybody. It's very clear well, they'd come that there's a lot, been a they'd really... Come a, they'd uh, come a lot closer to guaranteeing Americans health insurance if they would get the regulations out of health insurance. Yeah. That's not what they're talking about. No. And a similar number says providing health insurance for all is a more serious problem than keeping health care costs down. 84% favor expanding government programs in order to give health insurance to all uninsured children. You throw the word children in there and mm. you get an extra uh, 20%. Yeah. It goes from 66 to 84 percent. Right, Got to so make sure the kids get health care, you know. Less than one in three, however, say the government would do a better job than private insurance companies at actually providing medical coverage. Wait a minute. Less than one in three. Will the... Okay, so there's like a total disconnect for American people here. Right. They, they believe they, the government can do some They things. believe the government's incompetent, but it, this, this issue is so important the government needs to take care of it. It's just bizarre. Yeah, right? it's it's bizarre thinking, and I found even libertarians have a tendency to fall back on this. You know, really? well, issues like immigration. Immigration's so important to uh, national security that um, even though the government's incompetent, we need the government to take care of it. It's uh, it's absurd. I mean, we know the government stinks at virtually anything it attempts to do. They're going to botch it up. They're going to screw things up, and it's going to cost way more than it should. We know all of these things, but yet we believe that force is justified. We believe that force can solve problems, so therefore the government should solve these problems. What are you thinking, America? Really, are you even thinking about the questions you're being asked? Are you even thinking about these issues? I don't think they are. I just think it's just they're just sort of mouthing off. Well, I'd really like for everyone to have health insurance, especially the children. If health well, insurance, if health insurance and health care are important things, we need to keep the government out of them. I've said it before, and it's true. I've seen government housing. The last thing I want is government health care. We have we have a socialized health care system here in the United States. It's called the VA. The VA hospitals, and the, the we're having huge system, problems with it. The healthcare system itself is socialized to a large extent it as is. well. 
Uh, well, here's another scary. St- this whole thing is just full of scary and and it's, sad statistics. Uh, speaking of the, uh, the the Walter Reed Hospital thing, just real quick. Well, they're shuffling bureaucrats over there. Oh, they they absolutely are. But now they're blaming it on privatization. Oh my gosh. Some some. <laughs> I don't think it'll get anywhere in the news just because it's too hard for people to understand. Okay. But some people will believe this that it had to. You know the the, the hardcore socialists will believe this. It had to do with Halliburton um, being. Uh, you know, taking over some certain things and blah, blah, blah. So they're blaming it on privatization. That is not privatization. Yeah. <laughs> that is a government contract given to one private company. The whole thing is a government deal. In fact, 44% of Americans say the government would be worse as a health care provider than would private companies. Which means that, well, what about the other 56%? Did they say the opposite? That government would be a better... Healthcare provider than private companies? Do, is that true? No. It's Americans? No, no. I mean, is it true that Americans really think that way? Man, wake up, people. 800-259-9231. If you agree that the government can be a, a, a better healthcare provider than private companies and private individuals, just uh, absurdly insane. And more Americans do think the government can do a better, uh, better job than private companies at helping hold down healthcare costs. Healthcare promises to be a crucial issue in the 2008 presidential campaign, where, of course, you'll inevitably hear a bunch of Republicans and Democrats all promising to keep you healthy with their mandates. In a CBS News poll conducted last month, healthcare tied with jobs and the economy is the second most important issue facing the country following the war in Iraq, which is exactly why it needs to be taken out of the hands of the state. Anything that's important, don't let the government near it. I mean, why is it that... Oh, it's so frustrating, Mark. It's every four years, the same old crap. Every four years, another Republican and another Democrat come out of their, uh, you know, the, the, the primary races to go into the, the debates and make promises to Americans about how wonderful the health care system will be if you just elect me. I know all of my predecessors have never been able to do anything to make health care better, but I'm the man or woman. You just elect me, and all of your problems will be solved. Hello? I would, I'd challenge people to come up with one one government program that, that that's managed to work, that's managed to solve a problem. That has met its original intentions and And, uh, and come and costs. in at budget. Healthcare promises to be a crucial issue. It was even more important to Democratic primary voters. In the new poll, the public gives the Democrats a big edge over the Republicans on handling health care issues. Why, I, I don't know. Asked which part they believe will best improve the health care system, or which party rather, 62% said the Democrats, while just 19% said the Republicans. People, please, uh, I understand you're being boxed in with these questions. The question was, which party will best improve the health care system? Mm-hmm. And again, a, a better Red answer. or blue. Right. I, I would prefer the third option, and that is, get the government the F out of health care. If you want health care to get better, then remove the parasite. Really? That's what they are. Government is a big parasite on your freedom and your uh, and your pocketbook. Healthcare will be um, better quality, it'll be faster, and it'll be cheaper if we can get the government out of it. 1-800-259-9231. Do you disagree? Do you think that the government is the secret to providing good health care? <laughs> if so, I would like to point you to some of the communist countries and take a look at their health care system. 1-800-259-9231. Your show. Free What's talk. The- Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. 
Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. And we're kicking off hour number two. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231, the packet8.net toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are totally free, so enjoy those. They're on us, freetalklive.com. All right, so Mark, a story from you about a madam in Washington, D.C., I guess getting busted. What could be the consequences of this? This one's just a lot of fun. Um, D.C. madam to sell 10,000 phone records of high-end Washington clients. Deborah J. Palfrey is unhappy. And if you know who Deborah J. Palfrey is, you probably don't want her unhappy. Mm. From 1993 until this past summer, Palfrey ran Pamela Martin and Associates, a high-end adult fantasy firm which offered legal sexual and erotic services across the spectrum of adult sexual behavior according to a statement that she put out today hoping to, that was a I, I don't know it's a three days old um, hoping to raise funds for her uh, legal defense the way she plans to raise those funds could reverberate through washington's power corridors oh boy she's considering selling the entire 46 pounds of detailed itemized phone records from the 13-year period. Wow. Um, the report, uh, Politico's Bryn Ryan, in October, the Internal Revenue, Ser- Revenue Service seized her assets to sale the rec- records would fund her fight against the seizure. Palfrey released um, what she said were a sample of the records, which don't include names, but do feature numbers of Washington area exchanges. Mm-hmm. Her attorney, uh, Montgomery Blair Sibney, Sibley, said that the uh, prices have yet to be set for the data. We don't actually know that yet because we haven't finished mining the data to identify the individuals. Obviously, if Bill Clinton's on the list, there's a different matter than, you know, somebody who's n- you never heard of before. But he said, chances are good that some interesting names will pop up. Oh, I bet. Statistically, if you have 10,000 people... And given the structure of this particular service, these weren't people beckoning from car windows. <laughs> the escorts only responded to four and five star hotels and private residences. Wow. So and I bet they weren't going to, uh, you know, crappy residences either. Not if they're going to just four and five star hotels. Yeah. Basically, this is a high end, um, br- uh, you know, out call service. Yeah, out call girls. Prostitutes. Yep, and so the landlines will show up on the private residences real quickly. Mm. Mm. And that was the lawyer, her lawyer, saying that? Yeah. Well, also, not only is he also saying that because they have 10,000 numbers, and yes, he's right, the odds are pretty good, but also he's talked to the woman, and she's told him, yeah, so-and-so's our client, so-and-so is our client, and so-and-so is our client. It's just the question is, who are the so-and-sos? Yeah. Now, this is... I think that the uh, media outlets can come up with more money than the RNC or the DNC could come up with. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't seem like they could come up with the kind of money to keep this hushed up. Uh, yes. I don't know. Politicians aren't the richest people around. They, they certainly aren't. have power, but they aren't the wealthiest people. The wealthy people have the politicians in their pockets. Correct. But you know, they're not the wealthiest people. Some organization, um, some large uh, media organization seems like can come up with uh, more money here. And I'm really, really interested. Now, 
Me too. You know, I don't have any problem with prostitution. Me neither. And I feel like these politicians should be able to do whatever kind of perverse sexual fantasies that's on their mind. Yeah, whatever. And be able to pay Just for it. Just stop throwing people in jail for it. Right. But, you know, basically they support the laws and the, uh, the structure that throws people in jail for this very same act. Mm-hmm. And all these people, as far as I'm concerned, are corrupt. And I don't care what laws they break, um, you know, they, they get caught for breaking yep. as long as they get tossed out of office. But the problem is... Just get replaced by... With another scumbag. Yeah, just, you know, some somebody who's a varying degree more or less scummy than they were. Right. Um, you never know, you know, how scummy the person was that's been replaced and, or how scummy the person is who's coming in. And, you know, knowing how Americans tend to react to political corruption... Mm-hmm. All this will really end up doing is stirring the water a little bit. I yep. mean, when this information comes out, we'll find out that there are probably going to be a number of people who are now out of office that won't really be affected. You know, you'll find out that so-and-so from Ohio went and used her services back in 1998. That won't be very earth-shattering. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm sure she's got some dirt. She probably has some dirt on some existing politicians. It'll get stirred up. They'll have some press stories come out about them. They'll probably resign in shame or whatever. And no one will ever make the connection that, hey, well, this should have been illegal in the first place. Why don't we change the law? Why don't we do something about this? No one's going to come out and take that position. Nobody in the media, nobody in government is going to come out and say, you know what, we were wrong about this the whole time. Look, this has proven, this whole case has proven that we're human beings too, and we have sexual desires too, despite the fact that we pretend like we're uh, pure, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Nobody's going to come out and be honest about their sexual proclivities. Nobody's going to come out and be honest about the fact that this I needs to stop. I can't imagine why they would be honest about it. Nobody's going to, nobody is going to address this head on. Mm-hmm. All they're going to do is step down like this jerk from the VA recently did. You know, and, and, and act as though like that's going to make everything okay. I, yeah. And Americans will forget about it. They'll forget and they'll go and vote for somebody else and they'll fail. You know what Americans do? They'll, they'll laugh about it. They'll say, yeah. oh, those perverts, those perverts in Congress. Those they, silly sexual so deviants. They're so corrupt. We've always known they're corrupt. Oh, let's see. Who do I want to vote for this time? Republican well, or Republican, Democrat? Of course. Yeah, always. I mean, really. That's all that's going to happen. It'll be fun. It'll be great prep for Free Talk Live, but for the rest of America, it'll just be a water cooler topic. You know, that's the, that's the really crappy part about our job is, is that the really good prep is really, really bad news for freedom. We just don't get that much really great news for freedom. I don't know. I have some good news. Well, whip it out, please. Flint, Michigan. Flint, Michigan, passing, according to StopTheDrugWar.org, voters in Flint voted to okay the use of medical marijuana by a margin of 62% to 38% this past Tuesday. Flint becomes the fifth Michigan city to approve such a measure. And while medical marijuana remains illegal under both state and federal law, the Flint vote should only add to momentum to uh, to take the state issue nationwide. Sponsored by Michigan Normal and the Flint Compassionate Care Coalition, the effort was also aided by Marijuana Policy Project and National Normal. Flint joins Detroit, Ann Arbor, Ferndale, and Traverse City. Uh, where our show should be airing hopefully soon, fingers crossed on that, as Michigan cities where voters have approved the use of medical marijuana. So that's pretty cool news. Like cities are popping up here and there all around Michigan that are uh, getting together and and legalizing or decriminalizing medical mararijuana, and maybe that'll bode well for the state as a whole. Okay, so that's my good news. That's all it's I good, got. It's, it's a good step news. in the right direction. I mean, when when Free Talk Live has good news, it's never earth-shatteringly good news. It's usually just a 
we're nudging freedom forward right. a bit. And then, of course, there's ten I more mean, steps being taken here's, backwards. Here's the, uh, you know, here's here's the good news, folks. Uh, you know, Flint, Michigan voted on uh, legalizing medical marijuana. Of course, the vote means nothing other than adding momentum yeah. to possibly making uh, Michigan the twelfth state to. Um, you know, legalized medical marijuana. Not right. to say that uh, California, which has had me- um, legal medical marijuana for quite some time, isn't having problems from the DEA. Whereas, you know, the bad news is habeas corpus has been suspended if you've been uh, named an enemy combatant. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just it, one's much larger than it the sure other. It sure is. It sure is. Uh, 1-800-259-9231 is the toll-free, the packet8.net line. But still, nonetheless, I am looking forward to the Madam story coming out. I'm hoping somebody of uh, importance purchase this, purchases this list and releases it publicly. And it makes, it makes you realize that this Madam, she was planning this. Like, you just don't, you don't hold on to ten years of phone records just for, I mean records purposes who the heck does that i mean i understand that according to the irs you're supposed to hold on to tax papers but who on the who in the world would hold on to 46 pounds of phone records this woman knew all along there was a chance that eventually she could get busted and she's got some dirt and she's been storing it away just waiting for the opportunity and i think that's very brilliant on her I, part i think it's a, it's a good idea certainly to keep the phone records um because you know they they may very well come up with something one of the things that concerns me is it's 13 years old. So what if somebody had an old cell phone number? Now you're, you know, they've switched numbers. You remember they didn't True. used to have portability. Um, so, but yeah. a number of them are coming from residences, as she pointed out. I mean, a horny congressperson at his Washington D.C. residence picks up the phone, calls this madam, and has a, you know, a couple ladies delivered to his home. It certainly would be funny if uh, it was going to, you know, Senate or you know, Congress, congressional offices. You know, somebody called from yeah. there. Because mm. those numbers don't change. Right, and most people, I, I would imagine they don't. And what, most what do people's landlines don't change. They just don't go through the effort to change them. Why bother? You've got one landline number. You've given it out to a bunch of people. You've got an interest in keeping it the same. My parents' phone number's been the same since I was a kid. 800-259-9231 is the Packet8.net toll-free line for you, but unfortunately, I don't think the American public's going to get it when this happens. Hey, speaking of not getting it, the Postal Service thinks you're a retard. We'll explain. Coming up. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up what you want, toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the Packet8.net toll-free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. 9231, it is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free, and that does include the archives and the Shrine of Female Listeners as well. Shrine.freetalklive.com will get you to it. There are dozens of ladies that have taken the time to send us their validated photo, and we prove it by, uh, we prove that they listen by, um, or they've proven it by taking the validated photo. See what I mean by going to shrine.freetalklive.com. Do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? Well, SACL CAI does collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep your clients, too. SACL CAI. Check out their banner at freetalklive.com or call 800-544-6359. That's 1-800-544-6359. Do business with businesses that support Free Talk Live. Well, the United States Postal Service, always looking for new ways to better serve their customers. Ho, ho. Aren't they? Well, maybe not. Maybe they're just another bureaucracy operating as though they're something special. Here's what they've done recently. Fort Worth, according to the AP. 
The missing clock didn't stop postal customer Al Cunningham from noticing the amount of time spent waiting for service. He, who's 49, said, It's always long here. An insurance adjuster and former postal employee was standing in line at the Watson Post Office in Fort Worth. The Watson Post Office is one of the nation's 37,000 post offices in which clocks have been removed from retail areas as part of a retail standardization program launched last (laughs) year. The effort's designed to give the public service areas a more uniform appearance, said the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. We want people to focus on postal service and not the clock, said the Dallas spokes bureaucrat for the postal service. Isn't, isn't the clock kind of part of the postal service? Uh, yeah, well, it's part of uh, service in general. Service anywhere is how fast your service is. I, I would think so. But then again, if you're not proud of how fast your service is, you'd want to do everything you could possibly do to conceal that, which is what they've done. They've removed clocks from all of their offices. If I know. We can't stop being slow, so we'll just take out the clocks. Yep. At the Fort Worth Post Office, the hook that once held up the small battery-powered clock now protrudes from a plaster wall. The clock was taken down months ago. A customer service expert at Texas A&M University wasn't impressed with the decision to take down the timepieces. He said, it's silly. And this is, by the way, the holder of the chair in retail and marketing leadership. Quote, I guess they think people don't have watches. Actually, or cell phones. Be, right. People don't even have watches anymore. Uh, well, certainly They're people, dying out, I think. Yeah, certainly people uh, have watches. But, you know, there's a clock right on my cell phone. I don't wear a watch. I, I haven't worn a watch in years. I, I don't like them. They, uh, they're just not comfortable to me. And yep. It used to be that I couldn't imagine living without one, but now, you know, I can just tell the time on my cell phone. So just another example of how useless and how bureaucratic and slow and just slothful the, the, uh, the post office is. You guys can't deliver the mail on time. You can't handle more than five people standing in a line at your uh, at your service locations. And so because you're so slow and miserable, you've decided to remove the clocks from your offices. I mean, they really must think Americans are stupid. They must think that this will be the this will solve all of the problems. I guess a, a time-challenged American, which most Americans are now. I mean, we're busy. People in America Busy, busy, busy. They're yeah. running from uh, soccer matches to school to work to uh, friends' houses, back to work. I mean, pa- Americans are all over the place. And so if you think that you're going to be able to fool the American people into thinking that all of a sudden your service is better because you've removed the timepieces, it's just an absurd claim. But this is what bureaucrats spend their time on. I mean, imagine I, – I can't even uh, begin to envision how long it took them to come to this decision. How many uh, bureaucrats had to meet and how many times they had to meet, how many meetings they had to have before they figured out this new retail standardization program, which I'd love to hear the rest of the plan of. You know, I think maybe that's it. As bad uh, as bad a news as how long it it takes to get served in the post offices, the worst news for them would be the amount of time that people think that they're they wait because people just have a tendency to exaggerate how long they've waited. Mm -hmm. So. I would think that the clock would be beneficial for you. Um, for that way them. you know. You're not just making it up. Right. Um, you know, I think that they should actually get timed pieces of paper when they walk in, mm-hmm. because if you waited 15 minutes, that person's going to say they've been there half an hour. Good point. I mean, somebody could very easily say, I've been waiting forever, even though it's been five minutes. They don't, they don't have any uh, concept of time. In fact, when you, um, when you actually are paying attention to time, doesn't it tend to move slower? You ever notice that? Yeah. 
I mean, that's that's the watch uh, watch pot doesn't never boils kind of thing. It doesn't actually move slower, but you're just paying more attention to it. Sure. So uh, it's ticking more of your clocks, your internal clocks tick, if you will. And uh, so you just you just think things take longer. So I don't think they're going to fool anybody with this, and especially a time-challenged American who likely has, even if they don't have a cell phone on them when they walk in or they don't have a watch when they walk into the post office, they were likely, if they're time-challenged, looking at the clock radio in their car the moments, just a moment before getting out of it and walking into the post office, and they'll once again look at the clock radio when they get back in their car to see what time it is when they leave. Of course, we, uh, we both know that none of this has any effect on anything. I mean, it's not going to... People realizing that the post office is slow and bureaucratic isn't going to do anything to help them go away sooner. Well, there's... They're not um, dying or There's anything. some good news coming out of the post office. They're raising the price of a uh, first-class stamp again. Again, huh? Yeah. To what, 42 cents? I, I, I don't remember what they're raising it to, but that sounds about right. So, you know, the closer we get to that $1 point... Yeah. And I would think even at 75 cents. Can you imagine um, the option of... Uh, Seventy-five, you know, a seventy-five cent first-class, uh, you know, letter sent off versus a one-dollar FedEx. Uh, Who would pay the extra twenty-five cents? Yeah, I would. I certainly would. It, it would just seem to me that uh, you know, at at that kind of price differential, I'd much rather FedEx take care. We of should that. we should stop down and explain what we're talking about here. Most people are totally unaware of this. Okay. But there is a federal law. It might even be a postal regulation. I don't know. But it's essentially effectively a law as far as US, uh, UPS and FedEx are concerned, DHL and the rest of them, that bans private companies from handling mail under a dollar. So if you've ever wondered why, if you've ever said to yourself, well, well, the post office must be the best at handling first-class mail. I mean, if FedEx and UPS don't even bother trying. Well, they can't. They're not allowed to. And, in fact, it, they'd probably also... Well, they'd have to set up their own receiving boxes as well because it'd probably be a violation of federal law to actually put mail in a mailbox because that's only supposed to be for USPS use. It's true. So they'd have to set up a new system, but they could certainly do it. It's the marketplace. If there's a demand to get something from one point to another, uh, they'll do it. But my question is, if they start getting to the point where it's 75 cents or 70 cents or 80 cents and we're getting up there towards that $1 mark, don't you think the Postal Service will go to Congress and say, Hey, guys, we really need some more protection here. We've got to keep the Postal Service around to continue its fantastic job of serving the American people. We need to raise the ban on uh, delivery to $2 maximum. I mean, they could very easily do that. It's likely. And there's a huge uh, bureaucracy behind the post office as well. I believe I've heard that there are more people, more bureaucrats in the post office than there are in the military. Well, now, um, things have changed. So there's a lot of bureaucrats with jobs there. With um, the the bureaucracy in the post office, they're only quasi-governmental at this point. They're somewhat privatized a little bit. Yeah, but they're still getting their pensions from tax dollars. They certainly are. 800-259-9231. So I don't really have high hopes for getting rid of the post office, at least um, just because they go over the dollar limit. I think they'll go back and lobby for more changes. But your thoughts, if you've got them, 800-259-9231. On the way, more government bureaucracy and corruption with inspectors. Got a story about them and your calls as well. It's Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You bring out what you want toll-free. 
800-259-9231. The Packet8.net's all free line for you. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free, including the bulletin board system. About 200,000 posts, over 1,500 people interacting, all completely free. bbs.freetalklive.com gets you to it. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. Now you can save time and money on common legal matters. Created by top attorneys, LegalZoom.com helps you create reliable legal documents like setting up a corporation or a limited liability company. LegalZoom.com. Use code FTL to save 10%. LegalZoom.com. To the email box, Mark, and a story about a government inspector. This is uh, from uh, Jacob. I listened to the um, to the EP talking about uh, the inspectors. Um, I'm not sure what the EP, the EP is. I'm, I'm, I don't hmm. know, you know. Uh, Episode. Episode. That's what that is. Yeah. Um, talking about the inspectors and thought I'd uh, throw this out. A relative of mine is was in the process of opening a bar in Vegas. They were planning on opening just in time for New Year's Eve. The inspector came out for the final inspection and made them cut open a wall because he wanted to see the wires inside. I've, I've, heard, of, I've heard of this happening before. Um, you know, if they don't feel that uh, you've been properly inspected as far as your electrical work, how, are, how else are they going to see it? I see. So they had a, um, a drywall guy ready to patch the hole after he inspected the wires so that he could get um, so they could get approval to be open for New Year's Eve. They cut the hole. The inspectors um, spent about 30 seconds and then left. He wouldn't say till they um, he wouldn't stay till they fixed the hole and said that he was on vacation till after New Year's. Our speculation was that one of the other local bars didn't want the competition. They're not just incompetent; they're corrupt too. Okay, so let me see if I got this straight. He came in. Wanted to inspect uh, before they opened on New Year's. He did the inspection before New Year's, but he wouldn't give his verdict until a week or two later or whatever. This is the, I had to read this through a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Apparently, the inspector has to inspect the finishing of the drywall too. So not just not only does your place have to be um, you know safe so that people don't get electrocuted and die, but it has to be aesthetically oh pleasing gosh. too. You can't. So have, he has to come back. You can't have poorly finished. Uh, drywall, apparently. Not in this town! Yeah. I mean, this is crazy. It is. It is nuts. So, I don't know about their speculation um, that it was one of the other local bars didn't want the competition, but I'll bet you you all local bars didn't want competition. Sure. Why would they want another bar in their neighborhood to open up and compete with them? Well, I know around here there's a guy that's running for, uh, that's going to be running for mayor that owns a bar. It's possible somebody on the city commission themselves has direct interest in one of the bars. Mm Mm-hmm. Or one of the uh, zoning boards, or whatever. Sure, it, it, this very this could very well be the case. Um, if they, you know, they know somebody, they're a friend, they're right. paid off, you know, whatever it is. But that's how this stuff works. Yeah, you've got the and guns that's of why government. It doesn't work. You've got the guns of government, this violent agency at your disposal. If you're in charge, if you've been elected, and you can do as you please, it would pretty much no. Uh, consequences. You know, and the funny thing about Americans is that we. We certainly believe that this goes on in other countries. Okay. It, don't we? I sure. Mean, doesn't they're that make all per- corrupt. Doesn't it make perfectly good sense that this would happen in Mexico? But we find it difficult to you're not imagine... You're talking to me. You're talking to the listeners. Right. <laughs> but, but, we, but we find it difficult to imagine that this would be happening in America, that actually there would be a corrupt um, state... A building inspector that would be running around keeping businesses closed or whatever, but the average American just doesn't believe that that happens. I don't not understand that's, why. That's that's the exception, not the rule. Even if if they do believe it, if the if it's shown conclusively that that's the case, it's the exception, not the rule. It happens in and, all those other governments, not ours. But why isn't it the rule? 
Hmm. That's a good question. Tell me why it isn't the rule. Because um, because because our government officials are the best there's ever been in the whole wide world. Why? Because we're Americans. But, no, 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 that doesn't answer the question. But we were born here. Uh-huh. And everyone who was born here is the best person they could possibly be. Then Everybody why, is then an why honest we, individual. Then why do we have more people in prison than any other um, nation on, uh, drug in the world? Okay. Yeah, you're answering now. You've just switched. Oh, right, right. You switched from um, <laughs> stupid American who because would believe this. Because they're bad cra- people. But hold on. I thought we had the best people in the world. Right. We only elect the best people. How, how is it that we know? Well, we just... I mean, don't sh- most Americans just vote for a name that they recognize? Well, you would only run for office if Jesse you had the, good intentions. How did Jesse the Body Ventura get to be governor of Wisconsin? He's a good or man. Minnesota or wherever it was. He's a good man. I, he may very well be, but the reason he got elected was name recognition. Americans vote for names that they recognize, not for people that are right, good or bad. Right, and he only got that name recognition because he's a great guy, like George Bush and uh, Hillary Clinton. She's a great guy, too. Do you think that Al Gore feels like George Bush is a great guy? They're all pals. He got, They're all friends. They love he, each other. He got more votes than George did. Yeah. Yeah. This, it's, see, the, American whole, the logic doesn't hold up. They kiss babies, Mark. What are you I, talking about? They must be good guys. Yeah. I'm sure anybody will kiss your baby if you'll give them a vote so that you, they can have power to You're be able to do what cynic. they want. You're such a cynic. I may what very do you well got be? against our I'm politicians? Don't you love them? I'm only asking you questions. I'm not cynical. I'm only asking you questions. And Why would these the only people... reasonable answer to these questions is yes. that politics is about rewarding your friends and punishing your enemies. Well, I don't have to be reasonable. I'm an American. Uh, obviously. That's why we're going to continue to pay for this protectionist um, uh, culture that we have. And at some point, it's going to stifle innovation to the point that America is no longer the great country that it once was. Well, I think we're the best country in the whole world. And 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 if you don't like it, you should just leave. I would agree with you, but I think there's a lot of countries that are catching up very, very quickly. You hate America, don't you? They're going to pass us up as long as this protectionism continues. You're a communist, aren't you? I can tell. I I don't. You love those other countries. What do you mean by communist? Foreigner lover. Um, what do you mean by other... Uh, you're probably smuggling in Mexicans here, aren't you, in your spare time? Are Mexicans you communist? Are Mexicans communist? <laughs> just doesn't make I any sense. I can only go on like this for so I long. I know, it's difficult. It's difficult to, to, to follow this crazy, illogical... I have to just remove my mind <laughs> in order to, uh, to, to act like one of these people. No, I'm sorry. You're absolutely right, Mark. American politicians are of no different. There, there's very, very little difference between an American politician and another politician somewhere else in the world. I mean, really, the only thing that separates the American politicians from people in other more despotic countries is the level of overt despotism that goes on. And some could make the argument that there's a high level of overt despotism here. It's just that the American people are sh- blindly uh, shutting their eyes to it. Well, you already pointed out the uh, we've got the highest rate of incarceration of any country in the developed world. I mean, it's a tremendous percentage. Not only the highest rate of incarceration, but what is it? One out of every four black males or something has spent time in prison or spent time in jail? Some horrifying number like that. I mean, we're putting more of our friends and family members in jail than any other country. And Americans continue to close their eyes to it. So it's really sad. And it's just amazing to me. 1-800-259-9231 is the packet8.net toll-free line for you. I wish we could find some people that would uh, w- 
would spout off those cliches. Just spout off cliches about America. Call in if you want to spout some cliches. Because <laughs> I can only take it so far. You know, I, I think it's interesting. We've had people call in um, defending building inspectors in the past. And yeah. Can you imagine what these contractors would do if we didn't have building inspectors? Oh, I think, the, I think one of the accusations was that if it weren't for building inspectors, government building inspectors... Mm-hmm that uh, then people would build leaning towers of Pisa next door to you, and they would fall over on your house. Something like that. And, of course, the instant and rebuttal. Ele- the electrical, um, you wouldn't know what the electrical system was like in the house that you purchased because there hadn't been a government inspection on that house. So, right. you know, it, you may not be the first purchaser, you might be the second. For instance, I could have bought the house, and I could have rewired everything and done a really terrible job at it and then sold the house to you, and it, it, then you'd be stuck. Well got news for you. Um, homeowners are allowed to do their own electrical uh, yeah. stuff in a lot of places, and the places that they aren't, they can do it anyway, and no one will ever know. <laughs> you know? As I mean, far as building new houses, though, new construction, I mean, with the the scare tactic of, what well, you're going to build a Leaning Tower piece, and it's going to fall on my house, it's just absurd. I mean, people always take the, uh, whenever we take a uh, government is bad position, the response is always to the extreme, to the absurd. I mean, the idea that that would even happen in the first place is ludicrous. But secondly, the reason why in a free marketplace it wouldn't happen is simple. Insurance. Who on earth is going to build a multi-hundred-thousand-dollar structure, the price of houses today, and not have it insured? An insurer is going to say, whoa, you can't build a leaning tower of house next door to this guy. That's not, we're not going to insure that. The insurance company is going to send an inspector out, and they're going to check your work. And it's all going to be done on a voluntary basis. More on the way. This is your show. You take control. It's Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. Question about monopolies on the way. Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up anything toll-free. 800-259-9231. That's the packet8.net toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got live streams, broadband version of the show, dial-up version as well, both free, freetalklive.com. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project, your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the Second American Revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That is freestateproject.org. And by the way, our website, I mentioned it is totally free, doesn't mean we don't spend money on it personally. We, we do. It costs money to run the website, and so there's some, there are a few voluntary ways you can help support the show. And one of those ways is by shopping with us, buying Free Talk Live merchandise like Free Talk Live hats and t-shirts. Uh, we've also got DVD collectors archive sets. Uh, we've got the Free Marketeer flag. All of our products, very high quality. Yep, no I, was wearing my, I was wearing my uh, ball cap today. Excellent. Mm-hmm. It is not crap. Uh, nope. You'll be very pleased with the quality of the merchandise. And uh, so head over to store.freetalklive.com to do your shopping. You'll also find out how you can get a free Free Talk Live bumper sticker, the way, again, bumper stickers should be. Uh, once again, that's store.freetalklive.com. To the email box from Shadrach. He says, I like that name. About monopolies, a comment and a question. First, you said that what people are afraid of monopolies doing is getting big enough and then providing a worse product for more money. Not your exact words, but that was the gist of it. Which, if you look at Microsoft, is exactly what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Their product is terrible now compared to Linux and Apple. Okay. But because they have a near monopoly on computer gaming, people continue to purchase Microsoft rather than purchase OS X or use Linux. 
However, that being said, Microsoft is a government enforced monopoly because government enforces Microsoft's end user license agreement, which prevents a more the more tech savvy from reverse engineering Windows and simply turning out a better product for less. Well, while the government is enforcing uh, end user license agreements to an extent, they're not really a monopoly. I don't understand how people can continue to insist that Microsoft even comes close to representing a monopoly. Well, you can I say mean, he mentioned call them a near monopoly, can't, wouldn't you say? No. No? no they, you couldn't call them a near monopoly? They may have a good chunk of the computer gaming market. Well, computer market in general, I would say that they've got a large Not percentage. Not the business market, and OS X is really making headway as far OX, as the personal OS X, I think it's Yeah, that. OS X. It, well, it's written as X. Yes, uh, I understand, but I, I have always heard people pronounce it as OS X. Apple is really making headway as far as uh, getting they've got new a great people product. on board there. They've and had, they've had the, features. That's the thing that's um, not being mentioned here, is as long as the government monopoly is not enforced, it's not going to happen overnight. I know you want Microsoft to die with a stake in their heart. I get it. I get it. I understand. And believe me, when I have a problem with my computer, I want to stab it through the heart, too. Mm. But that doesn't, change the, that doesn't change the fact that it takes just a little time for the marketplace to adjust. Look back at Kmart. Nobody thought that anybody was going to be able Woolworths. to handle the, um, yeah, the, the discount, uh, you know, large box store um, behemoth that was Kmart. They're nearly gone. Yep. Um, you know, Woolworths. Moz Brothers. Uh, Moz Brothers. I mean, there's just, the, the, there's a huge line of these uh, businesses that are out of business now. And right. it will happen to Microsoft, too, because just the very reason that you described in your email, they will get too big to be able to serve all their customers well. Look what happened And so what channel. they'll end up doing is serving all of their customers Poorly, or and not, they will or, lose now, market share. Now, now you're you're making predictions here, Mark, and we don't know. I mean, odds are good that eventually they'll go out of business. This is what happens to most businesses over time. Sure. Uh, but on the same, uh, in regards to that, if they are able to change with the times, if they're able to roll with the punches and what the marketplace is demanding, and they are able to keep up with demand, then they'll be okay. But it's not going to be an easy road for them to hoe as Linux and Apple continue to become more and more popular. Uh, Microsoft's so-called near monopoly on computer gaming may shift. You may find that uh, gaming companies are going to start taking risks and releasing their product on alternative platforms. I, I don't. I haven't really paid that much attention to Apple games, but I know that they've eventually sort of gotten hold of the computer games, the PC, the uh, the Windows market games over time. They don't come out right away for Apple, but eventually they do come out. So the hardware's there. Apple's now using the same hardware that uh, that Windows is using. Really, it's finally coming into its own, as I understand it, uh, it's, as far as being a real competitive operating system. Because it used to be that you uh, had to have the Apple hardware to have the Apple operating system. And they've changed that now. I believe that, that to be the case. I believe right. that you can go out and buy OS X... And put it on any computer at this point. That's my understanding, too. Right. And that's why they're going to be a real competitor now, whereas before they weren't. Right. You had to buy the computer in order to have the operating system. Right. You could not put together a computer like I like to. I like to build my computers from scratch. You could not put together a computer from parts and install Apple, uh, Apple's operating system on it 10 years ago. Now you can. 
So they're finally um, competing with Microsoft, and I'm not, I'm not a fan of either one. I'll take whatever works, and for what, what's working for me now is Microsoft. Right. But, uh, th- that's the the biggest problem I have with this whole Linux um, switchover thing, because everybody you know I talk to says this Linux is so much better. Is look, I don't really like computers very much. They make me uncomfortable. Um, they make me angry most of the time, and I certainly don't want to go through what it takes to learn um, a new operating system. I know some stuff about Windows. I like the stuff that I know about Windows. I feel like I can navigate uh, clumsily through Windows, and I don't really want to go learn another um, operating system. As great as it may be, I just don't want to learn something new. And, and eventually, you might have to. I may very well, if but they go at, out that, business. At, at that point, I will learn. I, at one point, I knew how to type on WordPerfect. Now this information is useless to me. Right. I, I probably lost it. But, um, you know, I mean, that's kind of how these things go. And I'll have to learn, I'm, I'm sure, learn slowly. And the people that are designing these things would be, uh, you know, they, they'd be wise to make them close to their competitors so that people can figure them out. Well, but I had to learn OS X um, for a job. And oddly, I, I, I managed to, to, to at least be able to do some stuff in there. Well, as time goes on, the uh, competing alter, uh, the alternative operating systems become easier and easier to use, and Apple has always prided itself on having an easy-to-use operating system so damn simple that if there's only one mouse button, I think they've finally um, added in an option to go to two mouse buttons with <laughs> Apple. Uh, so really, um, they don't have a monopoly, and if, you, if it bugs you that mon- uh, Microsoft has a so-called near-monopoly on computer gaming, well, stop playing computer games. And do- go and buy yourself a PlayStation. Microsoft doesn't have any pl- uh, play in that. I would imagine that the computer games are better than the, for some reason or another, the computer depends. gamers build these huge games. It depends. Um, some, these expensive computers in order to play their games. So. Sometimes a game is made for a console and then ported, as they call it, to mm-hmm. a computer, and the computer version sucks. Mm. So it all depends. Um, anyway. I, I so have just, no intention of switching over from PlayStation. I don't know how to hook my PlayStation up into the uh, uh, the Internet in order to be able to play a bunch of other people. Yeah. I just don't have much interest in that at all. Well, anyway, I think it's very clear that there there's no monopoly when it comes to Microsoft. Their time will come just like every other company's time will. If they can't change, If they can't change according to what consumers are demanding. And as consumers uh, continue to demand different products, more will uh, more will be released. I know Linux is becoming more and more user friendly over time. I believe they're making it so uh, that you can start running, you can run Microsoft programs, you can run Windows based programs through Linux. So as these things become easier, then the 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 walls that you see right now, as far as well, I can't play these games on Linux. Those are going to go away because eventually you probably will be able to play them on Linux. And th- you probably can now, it's just that I don't know enough about Linux to tell you how to do it. 1-800-259-9231, if you know a little bit more than I do. He says, second, you guys seem to have quite a lot of knowledge about political history. That's not true. <laughs> We're hot talk <laughs> we show hosts. stumble through here. Exactly what has prompted the, or what prompted the government to set up the antitrust laws. What was going on, or supposedly going on, that the government felt they could use as an excuse to step in and regulate? Do you feel this was misdirection on the part of the government? And if not, what would prevent whatever it was that happened from happening again once the antitrust laws were done away with? Well, as I understand it... Um, the antitrust laws were brought about to protect existing interests. Wasn't it the whole Standard Oil um, thing? They, the, the people were concerned by these robber barons. The railroads barons. too. It was the railroads and Standard Oils, and it, it was just—it's a lot of misinformation and misdirection on the part of government history teachers 
uh, to make you think that these big evil companies were doing oh, well, terrible things. There was a lot of jealousy at the time from successful people, and some of these successful people had government officials in their pockets, and some of them didn't. But, um, you know, people people are often jealous of successful people. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't like the fact that this person was successful and I wasn't, and that's yeah. wrong, and they shouldn't have that money, and it's wrong. And, you know, that's basically the concept behind communism, period, is that person who made a bunch of money, we should take their money away and give it to everybody else. Remember, there was a story we did last year about the railroads and how the antitrust laws succeeded in just killing off the railroad business. It, it really did. And, you know, railroads, we could really use those things right now. Do you think we need all these trucks on the road? Railroads would have been great to transport these goods. But the government got so involved, and these regulations still exist. And they were designed to protect certain government-connected railroad owners. They were designed to funnel money to those guys and funnel services and uh, and benefits to them. And that's all what it's always about. It's always about politics, protecting your friends and punishing enemies. More on the way. Hour 3 is coming up. You take control. It's Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. As we launch into hour number three, you can take control of the airwaves, as always, toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the packet, 8.net toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. All the features completely free. Those other radio talk show hosts, they want to charge you for access to their websites. We do it free. freetalklive.com. As we jump right into the phone calls, let's go to the amplifier line and puke in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, good evening. Hey, what's up, puke? Oh, I just wanted to comment on some things you guys were talking about there with the whole Windows is apparently a monopoly. Well, that's um, what uh, one of our emailers suggested, uh, that Microsoft has a monopoly on the, the video game market. Well, if, you, if you're going to say that, then you might as well say that um, Apple has a monopoly, supposedly, on um, the video and web publishing industry. Uh, Good point. Almost everybody that professionally does video uses an Apple. Why is that? Um, I have no idea. It's just it just seems to be that's the way that the market has run the course. That's true. Um, everybody started using I think in publishing using Macintoshes and that's just the way it goes. Um and and uh, the other thing you mentioned was um OS ten um uh cannot be used on other computers. It's uh Windows can now be used on a Mac using a program called Boot Camp or Parallels. So Are you sure about that? I could have sworn that OS X could be used on uh, on Intel-based machines. Um, no. Or x86 only, machines. No, the, the, the new Apples are Intel-based machines, and they can now run Windows. Huh. Uh, it's not the other way around. I've not read anything about Apple letting OS X being used on anything. Well, that's that's Apple a big mistake on their part. That's a damn shame. because I Well, mean, if the, you're taking your Apple advice from uh, Free Talk Live, then you're getting it from the wrong place anyway. But, right. Well, I think the reason that they do that is because they have a lot of control, um, and that's that's a lot of reason why I think they work so well is because the OS is made for the machines, and so mm. all the software and all the hardware runs together. Um, I see. So less blue screens of death, that sort of thing, less hardware okay. incompatibilities. That that makes sense, but unfortunately it's re- severely restricting uh, their, I guess, their market share, their potential for market share. Yeah, um, I mean, that's just their, their, the way they want to do it. But if uh, going back to the video games thing, because of that now that Apple went to an Intel processor, you could 
get this boot camp program and play Windows games on an Apple machine. So there is no monopoly whatsoever. Is that um, is it comparable though? Does it does it roll? Um, do, if you are to install a Windows um, operating system on the Apple, is it sort of emulating Windows or is it actually running Windows? In that, if you try to run a game, is it going to suffer a performance hit or will it run at full speed? No, as far as I understand it, it it should run um, as well as if it was on an actual PC. Now, of course, Apple's have a you know, like their Macs and their laptops are pretty restrictive on things like uh, gaming graphics. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure if you got like one of the professional G, whatever the heck they call them, the big uh, mini towers that they make, I'm sure it would run it just fine. But, so one of uh, one of my producers thing. is is pointing out that uh, allegedly you can install OS X on a normal PC, but Apple says they won't encourage it, but they won't do anything to restrict it. Have you heard about that? Okay, no, I hadn't heard anything about that. Maybe they're just not supporting it. Maybe what they're saying is, if you install this on a non-Apple-based machine, if you're not installing this on our hardware, then we're not going to we're not going to give you any tech support. Maybe that's what they're saying. Yeah, that's. I'm, I'm sure that that sounds like a hack to me because I've never I've never read anything in an official publication about Apple allowing OS X. Interesting. So we've got we've got allegations all over the place here then. And as far as um as far as Apple and their their share of the gaming market, I mean really the argument that Windows has a monopoly over video games is akin to arguing that well Sony uh, Sony's got a monopoly on certain types of games. There are some games that are 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 only released for the PlayStation. There are some games that are only released for the Xbox and it's like crying over that is is Stop it. Just buy what you want to buy, support what you want to support, and if what you don't want to support has the games you want, then you've got a problem. And you just either well, deal with that or you get you uh, get past your issues and you buy that, that product. Yeah, the, 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 probably what happens is the majority of people that play video games have PCs. The people that make these video games realize this, and so they cater to that market. You know, They know that if they make all their games available for... Apple, that half the people that own Apples aren't going to play them, so why would you do that, you know? Very good, Pete. Thanks for the call, man. We appreciate hearing from you tonight. 800-259-9231. I think the the blurring of the lines between the operating systems like Puke was talking about there is really going to be the solution. Because what you're dealing with with the monopoly so-called that our emailer last hour suggested, well, he said, Microsoft has a near monopoly on computer games. And it's not true. What they do is they very... um, shrewdly run their business and they say that well you know if you want to release this game on micro on our operating system then you're going to be restricted from releasing it anywhere else and so if you want to get into the windows market similar how walmart tells their vendors if you want to get your products on our shelves then you have to do a b c and d and so microsoft can do the same thing to the video game they ask for exclusivity but in some cases they don't get it so for instance doom 3 was released a couple of years ago. It was released first on Windows, which might be part of the contract, might be that, well, you can't release this on Apple until later. But for some reason, they weren't able to uh, get an exclusivity on that one. Why could that? Why would that be? Maybe it's because the game companies at, what, at, uh, at a certain point are going to be able to say, well, Microsoft, you used to have the only operating system that could run our games. And that used to be how it was. You'd get a game for, uh, for Windows, and you wouldn't see that same game on Apple for three or four years down the line, just because their hardware couldn't handle it. Their software, just, it just, um, they, they weren't built for it. Now they are. 
Now they're putting graphics cards into the apples. They're putting these special 256 megabyte super graphics cards in there, so you can start running the same game. So if you're a game designer, Mark, you could go and sh- you could essentially shop your game around if it's going to be demanded, like Doom 3. Doom 3, one of these big releases. You could just simply say, well, you know, maybe we'll just release this exclusively on Apple. If you don't want to allow us to release it on both systems, we'll just go exclusive the other direction and draw uh, and, and essentially drive system sales. Because a big enough game can sell systems. That's how the video game console work, uh, market works. If there's a huge game coming out, Final Fantasy 25 or whatever, um, that's going to drive sales if it's an exclusive deal. Right. You know, I, I would think that if you just released it on OS 10, that that wouldn't be the greatest move for your company and everything. But if you release it on OS 10, on PlayStation 2, on Xbox, and on GameCube, and you didn't release it uh, a, a Microsoft version, eh, that probably wouldn't kill your sales. Well, Xbox is Microsoft, so you've got to be careful. About okay, well, I, I don't know everything I see about. what you're saying. But, you know, if you, if you release it with uh, the rest of these um, formats and you don't release it with Microsoft, you could probably still cover the market because I, I, we were just over at a friend's house a couple of weeks ago, and those people had a, uh, a PlayStation 1, a PlayStation 2, they had uh, um, the Xbox. I wasn't there, was I? Yeah, you were. It was um, David and his brother. Oh, okay. They have okay. a bunch of they have a yeah, bunch yeah, of video yeah. game um, bunch of video game consoles in their house. I don't know which ones exactly, but I know that there were several of them, and I've seen more than one person who have several game consoles. Sure. I would have uh, a PlayStation One and PlayStation Two if I had to give away my PlayStation One because. You know, PlayStation 2 can handle that. But, you know, people have different stuff, and so they can play these, you know, the right. different formats. So you don't have to have Microsoft. To so do it's it. just not true that they have a near monopoly on the computer gaming market. It's just that's the way the market is cutting right now. And as Puke pointed out, they don't have anything when it comes to the, uh, the, the video production end of the market. If you aren't producing your videos on an Apple, then you're not a real video producer. Of course, it's not true. There's comparable systems available on uh, on Windows, but nonetheless, it's just inaccurate to make that claim. Let's continue with the calls. Let's go to Jason in Minnesota. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Jason. Yeah, I just wanted to clarify some stuff on the uh, Apple PC thing. Yeah. Um, the new Apple, or, <clears throat> sorry, the new Apple uh, computers are Intel based. They're basically a PC. Um, you can r- load Windows on and it runs just as fast as it normally would on an Intel-based machine. Mm-hmm. Um, the, that is w- what's called dual booting using the software from Apple called Boot Camp. They okay. allow you to install any uh, Intel chipset-based uh, OS. So, so wait, you're telling me that Apple has actually created this software? This wasn't some sort of uh, hack or third-party software? Apple made the software that allows you to run Windows? Well, it's not really a software that allows you to run Windows. It's a piece of software that helps you run Windows. It gives you the drivers for the particular hardware in your Mac, and then it also uh, helps you partition the hard drive. It makes it easy. But Apple wrote that software? Yes. Well, that's interesting. In fact, uh, if you've got a little bit more, hang on, 800-259-9231. People want to talk computers or whatever's on your mind. You can take control of the airwaves. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number, 1-800-259-9231, the packet 8.net toll-free line. That's 1-800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Get signed up for the updates. Whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show, you'll know first. If you're on the updates list at updates.freetalklive.com, to get signed up, that's updates.freetalklive.com. 
And what do Adam Smith, Karl Marx, and John Maynard Keynes have in common? Well, they're the subjects of Laissez-Faire Books' January Lysander Spooner Award winner. That doesn't sound right. In this new book, Mark Skousen turns his eye on the three most prominent figures in economics. Check out The Big Three in Economics and other books and videos on Liberty at LFB.com. That's Laissez-Faire Books, LFB. Dot com. You need to work on the copy on that one, Mark. 800-259-9231. They're the subjects of laissez-faire books, January Lysander Spooner Award winner. Yeah, the winners. I threw it off. Anyway, uh, all right, so we're continuing with the calls here. Uh, Jason, I believe, is still with us in Minnesota talking geek stuff, computers tonight. Jason, did you have any more thoughts on the uh, the Apple-Windows divide and uh, how the marketplace is handling that? Yeah, um, I, I guess I don't I, – I think that uh, – you say Apple uh, possibly has a mark, uh, you know, a monopoly on uh, design tools such as uh, uh, graphic and video and stuff like that. Um, they don't I'll have get... a monopoly. That's just the way the market has uh, segmented. Yep, yep. And and Windows on gaming and stuff. And I, I, I guess I don't see them having a monopoly, but I, I see them having a definite grasp on it. Um, which they've which I... they've earned through ver- through very hard work. Oh yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. But I also think that um, that that divide is shrinking because now I can literally run um, on my Apple. I can run OS X with Windows right on top of it. The two operating systems exactly at the same time. Really? That's what a piece of software called Parallels. Now, do you have to have a uh, a dual core chip for that? No, you just have to have an Intel based Mac. I see. Well, that's gonna that's gonna be a performance hit. I mean, no, actually, uh, Parallels is very, very fast. It's not like using a, a different emulator like VMware or anything like that. Hmm. It's very, very fast. I was. All right, I think we've gone into Geek it. World way too far at this point. Mark's starting to oh, zone Oh, yeah, please. <laughs> <laughs> we took the spaceship into Geek World a long, long time ago. <laughs> Jason, but, thanks thanks for the call, man. We appreciate hearing from you. Let's go to Wayne in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Oh, Hello, no, Wayne. no. Hello, Earthlings. Hey, what's up? <laughs> I've got my propeller hat on tonight. You're talking about Apple, and I had to call in. Yes. It's yeah. like a religion for you Apple people. Which is the truth? We've had, two, we've, had three, uh, we've had two or three different claims here. Which is true, Wayne? You're kind of an Apple guy. So yeah. is it true that, that I, as a, someone who has homebrewed a computer, can go out and purchase OS X and install it on my homebrew? No. no. There are hacks that allow you to do that, but you're, you're going to get unpredictable results. The reason why Apple doesn't like people to do that and they won't support it is that they're trying to maintain the quality of their product. And for them to support all those different hardware configurations like Microsoft tries to do, it, it affects the quality and stability of the operating system. So I they see. Don't like, they don't like that done. However, they, they have a way to support Windows, as previous callers were talking about, where you could dual boot Windows on, on the new Intel-based Macs, or you could run uh, a program called Parallels, and there's another new one, too. I forgot the name of it, but um, it allows you to run Windows on top of Mac OS X at pretty much full speed. And I've set several of them up, and they work great. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's very cool. I think it's unfortunate, though, that they're restricting themselves in that way, in that, look, that's fine. If you don't want to provide the support, don't provide the support, but at least make it so I don't have to hack my system to install your operating system. Well, don't forget, Apple makes more money on hardware than they do on software. So they'd rather sell you their hardware, which is actually good. I mean, they really, uh, there was an article about a year ago when the new Intel Macs were coming out that Intel was saying that Apple really pushed them to improve the way they designed logic boards, the way they did a lot of things. So Apple, I think, is focusing on quality rather than quantity right now. Eventually down the road, they may do what you're describing, but I think right now it makes more sense for them to uh, focus right. on their own hardware and, and 
provide the best user experience possible. Well, if I agree, I see where you're coming from, and I guess that makes sense. But if they really want to get into the uh, the software market and and compete, mm-hmm. then they need to make it so homebrew people like me can uh, can actually use their system. I know where you're coming from, me, and, yeah. and, I, and I, I I totally understand. The other thing I want to say is is regarding some of the markets they're in. For example, in video and in in, in um, uh, graphics, I support a lot of companies that that deal with those or that are in those industries. And the reason why Apple has gotten so entrenched in those industries is that it requires a lot more interoperability between hardware and, and peripherals and stuff that Windows doesn't really give you. Hmm. So, and fonts and color management and scanners and all these different things you, you have to work with in doing video or doing graphics, Apple has done a much better job with, and that's one reason why they haven't decided to allow the Mac OS to be installed on a standard run-of-the-mill Windows, uh, or I'm sorry, Intel box. And poor old Linux is still out there struggling, trying to make a user-friendly operating system. I know they're working on it, but uh, I yeah. don't think they're even close yet. Yeah, but you know what I want to cap this off with and say is that, you know, this is one of the few industries in the last 20 years that is even approaching or resembling a free market. And you can see that, like, what I, with what I do, I develop software and I support companies. I don't have to be licensed to do that. Mm-hmm. But if I want to get a, a third-party certification, I can do that and put it on my business card and all that, but I don't have to. And, and so the lack of licensing, and you don't need that. You don't need to be certified by government law to develop software. And all the competition that you've got in that industry will prevent any monopoly from ever being sustained. Excellent observation, Wayne. Thank you for the call. We appreciate it. Okay. 800-259-9231. He's absolutely right about that. There's very, very little regulation in the software and, and hardware business. There's some FCC. Thank goodness. There's some FCC compliance as far as hardware is concerned. Like you know, they have to pass tests to make sure that it won't interfere with other devices, that sort of thing. But but beyond that, there's no vetting. There's no computer, uh, no vetting of the code. The government doesn't require uh, that you submit your program to them uh, to verify that it's compatible or Thank whatever. Thank God. Can you imagine how many years it would take to get code through the government? We'd still be running DOS. We uh, would. It, maybe. <laughs> we'd, but if, if government were still in charge, like, or if government were in charge of computing things, we'd still be using punch cards. I mean, that's older than me. I don't. You probably you, you don't even know what I mean when I say that, do you? Yeah, I I do. I remember um, you know some old sitcoms where they would do uh, computer dating and they had these cards with holes in them. Yeah. And uh, somehow that helped computers to figure things out. And yeah. I'm not sure. You, what. You'd write essentially. You'd write programs or whatever by uh, by putting these p- cards with holes into the computers. It's craziness. That's where we'd still be today. Let's continue with Don in Virginia. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Don. Hi, guys. Uh, just want to let you know we uh, haven't hit the spaceship to Geek Town. This is just the bus tour. Okay. So. <laughs> um, yeah, I just wanted to talk about the whole Mac OS X Windows thing. The uh, the boot camp system, um, it actually wasn't originally written by Mac. It was actually by hackers originally. Mm-hmm. The way they started is they put out a prize when they were moving to Intel because they didn't think anyone could actually get Windows to run on the Mac OS systems. They meaning Apple or the Apple, hackers? Yeah. Okay. Yes. It basically says, hey, anybody who can get this to run on our system, we'll give you this X amount of dollars. All right. Kind of as a challenge. And so, of course, you know, within about a year, people had Mac, I'm sorry, uh, Windows running on Mac systems. Hmm. And then they just took that and cleaned that up. So, Amazing. Um, another thing, we do have, you can actually hack the, uh, as they were saying before, you can hack Mac OS X to run on a Windows machine. But Mac won't sell you the software by itself, and once again, they don't support all the hardware and all that so other stuff. So you can't go into Best Buy and buy a copy of OS X? 
yeah, I believe you have to buy the system and the OS together. Yeah, that's they really need to get out of that. They need to get into the business of really competing with yeah. Microsoft. So at this point, they really aren't competing with Microsoft in the operating system market. Only Linux is. Thank you for the they call, want. Don. We appreciate it. Yeah. 800-259-9231. And you know, Linux, they just... I'm a computer guy, and I don't get it. <laughs> okay? More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You bring up what you want toll-free. 800-259-9231 is the packet 8.net toll-free line. That's 1-800-259-9231. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. Enjoy the archives and entire year's worth of the show waiting for you right there on the front page of the site for your listening convenience at freetalklive.com. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project, your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the Second American Revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That is freestateproject.org. Let's go into the email box again, Mark. I believe you have one this time about uh, Harry Brown, who we've sort of... Uh, we sort of celebrated, uh, I guess celebrated, remembered last week on the show. It was, uh, it's been over a year now since his death last year, and he made a big, uh, big difference in many libertarians' lives. There are many people who are libertarians today of uh, the pro-liberty mindset because of Harry Brown, and uh, there's an email about it. Yep. Um, Jay says, I was listening to the show the other night, and Harry Brown, um, and, and Harry Brown was featured. Well, I think there's a point um, to discuss in your show. Harry Brown never believed in the Free State Project. He thought it was folly. I think this is worth discussing on air because Ian's somewhat of a Harry Brown follower, but not on this point. In favor of Harry Brown's view, there are only actually about 100 Free Staters, you included. Um, I guess people that have moved already. And no, there's over 190. Yeah, there's there's like 200 of people that have picked up and moved to the Free State. Plus there, are, there were another... 250 that happened to be in New Hampshire ahead of time. Correct. So there's there's more like 450 free staters in the free state. We'll call it 400. Okay. Um, and I don't know what the number is exactly, but it's something like that. Yeah. So um, and the free state um, free staters don't aren't supposed to move yet. Uh, they were, it was supposed to get to 20,000 for and then everybody had five years to move. So a lot of people signed up with that expectation. They didn't sign up um, thinking to themselves, well, I'm going to sign up for the Free State Project and I'm going to move right away. Mm-hmm. They said, well, if everybody else you know, gets signed up, then I'll move too. And I would imagine that a lot of them that signed up probably aren't thinking about their promise uh, today. Okay. But um, there are some that are going to pack up and they're going to move here, um, and that's what the first 1,000 was all sure. about. So anyway, um, there's only about a, um, 100 Free Staters, you included, but against um, Harry, there's so few libertarians across the U.S. that um, although Harry Brown had nothing against free staters, he also took them with a pinch of salt. After all, there are maybe thousands um, making pledges, but the actual numbers of those who have moved is a minuscule fraction of those thousands. Was Harry correct? Or why was Harry wrong about the free state project? I don't know if Harry Brown, and I didn't listen to a lot of his later shows, mm-hmm. I'm just too busy to listen to um, some of his final shows. But as I understood it, his perspective on the Free State Project was that he wished them the best of luck, but that he didn't want to be a part of it. 
that's what I understood his vision. He was in his eighties, right? He was a man in his late seventies, early eighties. Uh, he at the, at the time uh, that he was He'd doing also... his last shows, he had um, been relegated to a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. He knew probably at that point that he was in his his remaining days. So it it'd be silly for him to pick up from his comfortable home in Tennessee, where he'd lived for the past few years at that point, only to go and live another year or two in this case it didn't even last that long his uh was it Gehrig's disease i think it was Lou Gehrig's disease that he had uh anyway it progressed to the point where he was having trouble doing things i mean so moving at that point in his life would have been a little bit silly right now, obviously he wasn't going to move but he could have very well supported the free state project so it doesn't really matter one he way didn't or the necessarily other necessarily endorse he did not endorse he the did free not state endorse project. the free state project and you know harry brown is by no means the the jesus of the uh libertarian Certainly movement not. um he's just a libertarian and um harry brown also lived through the whole libertarian party mm-hmm. he he had an opportunity unlike ourselves to get really jaded with things i'm not saying he was i don't know but um, he probably thought that oh you'll never get the, this like herding cats you'll never get libertarians to possibly one place or you know I, I'm just, it's it's a possibility I've heard, certainly heard people say that and to me that's the only objection that one could have to the free state project and he and I I think that it's a silly objection because um, the the promises to move after twenty thousand people right. have signed. And I think that the 20,000 people certainly has a huge buffer built in. Maybe a quarter of them move. Then you've got 5,000 libertarians in one tiny little state that's already one of the freest in the nation. Oh, Something's gonna happen. oh this is going to be terrible. Yeah. It's going to be a disaster. He never said it was, he never said it was terrible. No. Um, he was never expressly against the idea. It's just that he didn't feel it was right for him. And over time, and he never really had a chance to see what was going on in New Hampshire. I mean, were he alive today, I predict Harry would have a response similar to what Jim Babka said to us, because Jim Babka is also another student of Harry Brown. Mm-hmm. Jim Babka from DownsizedDC.org, when we had him on the show live from the Liberty Forum, what did he say? Well, he said that uh, his opinion has dramatically changed of the Free State Project. So I believe that initially Jim had a very similar position of Harry. Oh yeah, you guys go off to your free state and you do yeah. See if you have any luck there. And then he started to notice, yeah, something's actually actually happening here. And that's obviously part of the whole point of the Free State Project is there's going to be a lot of um, fence center fence fence sitters and doubting Thomases out there. There's going to be a whole bunch of them, and that doesn't make them wrong and it doesn't make them bad. Mm -hmm. It only makes them fence sitting doubting Thomases. Um, so the Free State Project needs to get here. The people need to get here, and they need to make some changes. Now, yep. uh, a thousand people have signed up for the first 1,000 program. They Which should means be here. they'll be moving by the end of 2008. Right. They'll be here within the next two years. So um, we currently have 200 movers. When we have 1,000 movers, you know, we'll, we'll be you know that much bigger. And yep. things, I predict that that number will really get the ball rolling the other direction. I think this is... I think this year we're probably still playing defense. Yeah, and we're going to lose a few battles this year. Yeah, we're going to lose. On, we're going to lose on defense this year. But remember, we've only had two hundred, not even two hundred movers. Right. And you and know, a lot of those people are still getting settled into their lives. They're uh, getting their jobs settled in. And, right. And, you know, they may not be as active as they would. The like networks to be. aren't entirely set up. Um, they're certainly not as efficient as they're um, going to be in the future for uh, getting yep. libertarians on board for certain projects and that kind of thing. Um, you know, when but they nonetheless, can... they're do- you're tempering your comments. They are in. I mean, just in the wide scale of the libertarian movement, viewing the last three decades, 
they're doing tremendously successful things here already. I mean, you say the networks aren't really in place. Well, they're, they're just maturing right now. But the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance does a tremendous job of analyzing every single bill that comes through the New Hampshire legislature. They do a better job than anybody else out there. And they're going to be in two years. They're going to be so much better. With the yep. stroke of a key, they're going to be able to send um, uh, more money. They'll have they'll have send information to libertarians all across the state on given bills that look. You need to show up on Wednesday at 11 a.m. for this particular. Uh, and then there's going to be 800 libertarians at the tiny little state house. They're going to be coming out of the doors. The politicians are going to be like, ah, I don't know what yeah. to do. I mean, basically, you're going to have two for one lobbyists all. All for liberty in this tiny little state house, and the and and we're going to start getting our way yeah. on every single issue. Well, when you say getting our way, it means reducing the size of government, which of course will benefit everybody. And and we're also seeing other developments uh, in regards to other organizations, New Hampshire or uh, New Hampshire for Common Sense. New Hampshire uh, Coalition for Common Sense. Mm-hmm. That's a relatively new pro-marijuana legalization organization or decriminalization, whatever you want to ter- whichever term you want to use uh, to describe that. They're out there and they're becoming effective already. And it's only been two months since they've started up. Um, just the the level of activism that is happening now, even with even with less than 200 movers, is stunning. And so I'm sure that if Harry were alive today, his opinion, like Jim Babkus, would be shifting. Let's go to Matthew in Massachusetts. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. How you doing, gentlemen? Hey, dude. Hey, <clears throat> it was good uh, meeting you there briefly. Yes, and, at the Liberty uh, Forum. What's on your mind today? Liberty Forum. Uh, I was just calling about Harry Brown because I had a chance to talk with him on his uh, radio show about the Free State Project. Really? Yeah, and um, called up when I first heard about it. I called him up, asked him what he, his opinion was, and... Um, uh, he said essentially what you had said, and he also um, he also gave his opinion was that he um, didn't want to go against anything that could help uh, bring more liberty to the United States. So, you know, that was his. Uh, you know, he, he didn't want to. Yeah, he didn't want to. Uh, yeah, he was go. very very um, careful about. Downing other liberty movements. And right. thank you for the call, Matthew. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. Because he knew that he couldn't predict the future. He knew that, uh, as somebody who used to be involved in the stock market, he knew that this might very well be a success, as would many other different things. We'll come back with more. You can take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain, but still enough time for your call. If you make it now at 1-800-259-9231, join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features totally free. And if you like the show and you like the website and you want to help support us, then you should become a Free Talk Live amplifier. Just go to amp.freetalklive.com. Join the over 340 Free Talk Live listeners that have become amplifiers for as little as 3 bucks a month. The idea is simple. You send in the money to us. We turn it around into promoting the show. We use the money, for instance, to purchase Internet advertising to get more Internet listeners on board. We also buy industry advertising in uh, Talkers Magazine to get more radio stations on board with the program. And those are just two examples. Another example is this week we are going to be leaving the studio. Unfortunately, we don't have, we're not going to have the ability to broadcast live, but we're going to be leaving the studio to go to a talk radio convention. It's the R&R Talk Radio Seminar 
which takes place this year in Los Angeles. I'm not looking forward to the airline trip, but nonetheless, it's important for us to go to these things so we can schmooze it up with the industry bigwigs and uh, make it. It's kind of like a who's who of talk radio. You're either, if you're there, you're somebody, and if you're not there, well, you're not there. Right. <laughs> if you if you feel like you're gonna miss out your dose of free talk live, what you can do is you can go ahead and sign up for the AMP program, and we have all kinds of archives available to point. Am- amplifiers, and you can get all, listen to old shows. Well, they're classic archives, and we've got plenty of free archives on the front page of the website That's for true. everybody. Over a year's worth. But right? the amplifiers get to uh, access way, way old, way old archives. Mm. Um, <laughs> we, I'm sure we sound like such fools on those old archives compared to you know. Today. I haven't listened to one in a while, but the last time I sampled one of them, I was entertained still okay i liked the show back then you just got to remember that we've changed uh, we in changed. four years uh, my political true. opinions have gone from uh yeah, essentially everything rush limbaugh said to uh, and ian's have moved from probably somewhere uh, more moderate than mine are today to his anarchist views to now uh, anarchist why do you have to keep labeling me like that because Free that's, marketeer that's what the term means no no let's let's use a, a term that hasn't been destroyed by uh, popular culture and government Free marketeer more accurate all right. So, uh, oh, the other thing about these conventions is it, it works sort of two ways. You're either you're either somebody and you're there, or you're not there and you're nobody, or you're not there and you're somebody. There are certain people that can get away with not going to the conventions, like Rush Limbaugh. Like it doesn't matter if Rush goes to the conventions. No. Um, if, if Rush I'm, goes, he's a feature. A lot of the people on the the top ten list don't even bother showing up. Yeah. Um, if they do show up, they're part of the 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 show, and I'm, I'll bet they're paid at least some way compensated. Probably right. Probably sponsorships or something like that. So that's where we're going. So, so Thursday, Friday, Saturday shows are going to be refed. Uh, I don't even know what we're going to do about the internet stream. So if you rely on the stream for programming, you may be just SOL. Uh, you'll have to uh, to feed it yourself. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. We were talking about Harry Brown and his viewpoint on the Free State Project, and I just had one more thought, mm-hmm. and that was uh, re- remembering when I read How I Found Freedom in an Unfree World, which is an excellent, um, very apolitical book by Harry Brown that he wrote back in the, uh, I believe, the early seventies. It was a bestseller. As a matter of fact, it's probably his best-selling book of all time, and he, it's by the way now for sale on his website in digital format for under ten bucks at harrybrown.org. Highly recommend that book. Me too. I also I like highly it. recommend gov- Why Government Doesn't Work. Anyway, in that book, there were there have been different editions of How I Found Freedom in an Unfree World. In the original version, Harry recommended against political action. Now, the reason why was because he felt like he'd seen, for, in- for example, anti-tax activists getting together, uh, forming groups, and then he'd seen them taken out by the government. He'd seen them being targeted, their group members targeted because they'd all joined together and they figured, they figured, well, we're going to join together and stand strong against taxes while they got targeted and taken out by the IRS. Mm -hmm. So Harry sort of calculated from that, extracted from that, that it's a bad idea to get involved in groups for political change. 20 years later, his position had changed. 20 years later, after a bunch of people had recommended that he run for president, he started to see that maybe by running for president or by getting involved in these uh, political things that he hated so much that he'd be able to um, to spread the message of freedom better than he might have been able to without getting involved in the political games. And it turns out that he was right. Um, 
I would have never heard of Harry Brown had he not run for president, had he not written Why Government Doesn't Work. That was as, as, as that was his campaign book in 1996, and it was a direct result of his getting his jumping into politics, whereas he'd never been interested in it before. So I think that that sort of mindset might have still been affecting him with the Free State Project, the idea that oh boy. Here's a bunch of libertarians getting together in a group again, thinking they're going to be able to do something when, in fact, the government's just going to target them and take them out. Well, that's you know, what I'm thinking. I, I guess that's you know that's a worst case scenario that the government could swoop in and um, you know do something terrible to us. But it seems like I don't know. I just it doesn't seem like they're going to do that to me. I I've been you know since 2004. They've been waiting too long. Yeah, it just doesn't make. They any should sense. have done it in the beginning. But their government, they're slow and stupid. Let's go to the phones. Coffee in Illinois. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Coffee. Hi. I probably won't get to my topic because I want to talk about Harry Brown. Okay, sure. The the way I feel about Bob Schultz's uh, organization, We the People, is a lot of the way that Harry Brown sounds about Free Talk Live or the Free State Project. Mm-hmm. Is I agree philosophically, but I can't expect the government to find itself innocent of what we accuse them of doing. Just to recap, Bob Schultz, We the People, it's an organization that has a class action lawsuit in play right now. Uh, they're trying to get the government to uh, to define or to, I guess, rule on the meaning of the First Amendment right to petition clause. Uh, right. They're essentially refusing to pay taxes until they get answers from the government, and of course the government refuses to give any answers. And so far the government courts have basically said, we don't have to answer squat. Um, so they're trying to take it to the Supreme Court, and you're just saying that uh, it's futile. We have the right to redress our government for grievances, ask them questions, and they're supposed to answer. And although I agree with Bob Schultz, and I think that everybody that's in the organization, I've met Bob Schultz, I've met my local organizer whose name is Fred Smart. He's been down with Ed Brown, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know how long. But I think everybody who's in that organization is wonderful. I think they're great people. But I don't expect that the government's going to find themselves innocent. What I do expect is that's going to be a stepping stone to the ultimate goal, is what we're all headed to, is finding out that we've been duped. So what, what, do, you mean, what do you mean when you say that? Well, the, the, the fact that there's no uh, basis for the income tax there's no law that compels. There's a lot of things that need to be addressed that our government won't do. Do you think that, uh, I mean, I think that probably what's going to happen is the Supreme Court will probably up, uphold the uh, the Superior Court or whatever it was, whichever court it was, it ruled and said, yeah, you can petition the government, but we don't have to respond. I mean, that's pretty well, much that's what already, their answer That's already been said. Right. I mean, in lower courts it's been said, so why wouldn't it be said in higher courts? Oh, right. I, I, that's what I'm exp- uh, probably expecting to happen. And I guess we the people is expecting that to happen as well to an extent, and I, I don't know how they're going to play off of that when it finally comes about, but nonetheless it'll be interesting to watch and see. Well, you know where we're headed, so that's they're the stepping stone, and they're providing a, an important service to us right now. So Very good, Coffee. Now you had another topic. No, no, I'll see you at that. Thanks. Okay, very good. Thanks for the call. Good night. 800-259-9231. He wanted to talk about bees. I wanted to hear about bees. Bees? Yeah, buzz, buzz, bees. Hmm. Maybe he'll call some other time on that. Maybe. 800-259-9231, the Packet 8 line. Just enough time for your call. A uh, quick one from Michael. He says, hey, I'd like to call in, but I live in California. Somehow that's preventing him. Well, anyways, I'm currently a high school student and been reading a lot of Noam Chomsky and recently listening to your show on iTunes. Anyways, I'm a big fan. 
In a lot of the Chomsky interviews and books, he seems to argue against many of the ideas you and other libertarians so strongly support. He argues for the regulation of corporations and the revoking of corporate individual rights. He also argues against the idea of free market existing, an idea that sort of seems to uh, seems like the rock that libertarianism is built upon. He says that the free market doesn't exist. He uh, wants to eliminate it, I guess. I how do you? How would you possibly eliminate it? I don't know. Regulation. They're, anyway, I guess work. my question is. What is the libertarian view of corporate hegemony, and if you're aware of Chomsky, his other views on the world? From a libertarian's perspective, is it right for corporations to have the same rights as individuals? Shouldn't they be regulated? Um, uh, I, I, we don't think that um, I don't think the corporations should exist. Um, they they really you know they're not real. So why should they have quote unquote rights? Um, you know, I don't know what Noam Chomsky would say to that. I think that only individuals have rights. Only individuals can have rights. Correct. And, and that's, that's all. Corporations are I've read are some Chomsky, but it, man, it is so difficult for me to get through. I've just given up. Like, I've Ugh. seen Chomsky interviewed, and every time I see him interviewed, I just think, yuck, socialist. I don't want to read his crap. Right. So I've never read any of Noam Chomsky. Noam Chomsky's a really smart guy. And if he could somehow be the brainiac ruler of the world, I'm sure that he would make a great, great um, ruler. But well, he's going to die soon. That socialist I mean, we had on the show. Uh, the emails we read on Friday, he was a really smart guy, too, but, but completely addled. His system's going to fail because he thinks that he can stop the free market, and that just goes to show. I mean, let's look at prisons for a second. Wouldn't you think that prisons would be a great place to stop the free market? There'd be all kinds of regulation, more cops per person um, than any other place in the world? Well, they're not, because the free market exists in prison, and people trade for all kinds of things. They get black market, gray market. Drugs come in there. Sure. You know, everything. Also, um, in regards to corporations, market. point is, they're a construct of government. So by reducing the size of government, we'll inevitably reduce the whole concept of corporations. Then we'll just have businesses run by individuals. That makes sense to me. It's Vinny in here with you. And Mark. And we'll be back tomorrow night online. In the meantime, freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. 